This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. Rooker, it's a fly ball to deep center. Robert going back at the track. He will turn and watch it. 29 other MLB clubs. Adolis Garcia sends it the other way. That sends Carroll back. He's at the wall. And the legend another milestone in a truly historic season. Julio with an absolute nuke out to left field. It's Glaber Day. And like a good Glaber. Is there. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe, from humidors to stuff plus <laughs> to walk-off dingers. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, 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 Commander. You've updated the open and got some of our new friends in there. Yeah, well, I had to get the Eno Saris laugh in there. When you're talking yeah, about I stuff, like it. you're talking about stuff plus, you got to get Eno Saris. He's in there. the originator. He's our national baseball columnist, Eno Saris. Are we going to have him on? By the way, we're back. We're finally back. We're out of hibernation from the offseason. We haven't been on since the winter meetings in Nashville. Welcome back to A's Cast Live. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Fantasy camp. Oh, that's right. Fantasy camp. But, yes, other than that, was winter meetings, correct? Winter meetings, fantasy camp. We are back. In the Valley of the Sun, it is great to be with you as it's now the journey has started. 2024, hard to believe, but yes, spring training has started. We are here. We will take you throughout the rest of spring. We'll take you through the entire season and hopefully the postseason. I know it seems like a... uh, a long shot, but stranger things have happened in our world. There's no question about it. But, yeah, we're here for you throughout the entire season. A's Cast Live, which you which you know is our daily talk show. We'll do Monday through Friday before the games. Of course, I'll have the pregame show for you. And then, of course, the postgame show. And then all the different things that we're going to do for you covering this team and this organization in 2024. It's great to be back, Cody. The sun is out. Uh, spring training. This is like a normal spring training. Remember last year? Oh, God. It was freezing cold. Paul Blackburn out here shivering. No, the sun is out. I've actually been in Arizona the past couple days over in Scottsdale. The weather has been beautiful. So when you're ready to come down for the first game on Saturday, is that against the Brew Crew? Uh, I thought it was the – was it the Brewers? Or is it the Rockies. Colorado Rockies. The Rockies. Bud Black and the Rockies. First game against the Rock Pile, Rocktober, as they used to call it. Uh, so that will be Saturday. Weather's great. If you've got time, come on down. Uh, Joe Pun, who runs this facility, is going to join us later this week. They've got a new hazy IPA that can only be bought here at the ballpark. So there's all kinds of new tricks that we have at Ho Camp Stadium. But it's going to be a, it's going to be an interesting spring. And 
we've been able already, we've talked to the big lefty, Kyle Muller. Uh, Want to get to Joey Estes, who is going to be a big part of our future as a starting pitcher. And then Lucas Ersig, who is one of the great stories in our world, in our A's bubble, and really in baseball, what he's been through in his life. I got to host the, what was it, the 38th or 39th annual Santa Clara County Baseball Banquet where the A's and the Giants show up and San Jose State, Stanford, Santa Clara, and uh, honored Lucas Ersig, also Nico Horner. The Cubs were there. Uh, it's a great opportunity for me. I, the past couple of years, I've been able to uh, MC this banquet. I actually was uh, started before COVID and then uh, went on hiatus, and now it's back. So we honored Lucas Ersig. We'll talk to him about that. So we got a couple pitchers we're going to bring to you today, and then we're going to have a ton, like later after we do this show, we're going to have, we're going to get a bunch of the starting pitchers. We'll start to get the position players. want to get the big boys out of the way. I think later on today, we're going to be able to talk to Zach Geloff, find out uh, how his offseason has been going. We talked to those guys not too long ago. We got Noda, Nick Allen, Zach Geloff while, while we were down here in the Valley of the Sun for fantasy camp. But, you know, there's some new news about Geloff. How about Geloff getting some tips from a Juan Soto? Just I want to remind Geloff that, you know, I like walks, but I want to see a swing at we're, let's not get all Juan Soto. Are they gonna say is he uh, gonna is he gonna walk more? Is like that what we're Ugh, don't, hey, get, don't even get me started on that. A lot of high praise for Geloff. A lot of people think he could be a twenty twenty guy this year. I mean he had fourteen and fourteen last year, if I'm not mistaken. He was the one of the best players in the second half of the year, especially for rookies. He was great in the American League and you know, it's going to be a big year for him going forward. Hopefully he can get to that 2020 and achieve and become a better defender, working more with Nick Allen up the middle. That could be a great one-two combo, a double play combo there. Daryl Hernandez. Yeah, so, I mean, we got a lot of guys come up, but Geloff's the guy to watch this year. I mean, yeah, he's out of the rookie of the year race, but he could be a guy that, you know, could be a three, four war player if he has a good year and, you know, help this team get better. Because we talked about this at Fantasy Camp with some of the guys today and there. Uh, can't do 50 wins again. So, I'm getting to that. Yeah. I forgot. Hernays or Hernays? What did we do to Sabu? I thought it was Hernays. I thought that's what it was. Because everybody was going Hernays. Then we found out it was Hernays. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I got to. He sure can. He, he, uh, we got to get him. I'm sure he's here. Supposedly the reports are he can absolutely swing it. So we're going to have this thing. As we like to say, we're going to cover it like a Snuggie. We'll cover everything here down in Mesa, Arizona. But, yeah, this is how we're going to start. And you're going to you're going to sense it when we do the interviews. I, and I know it's not about me. I like to think it's about me, but it's not about me. But let me tell you something. As the guy that's got to interact with the fans every day, I see the fans. I talk to the fans. I got to talk to them after every single game. Love talking to all of our fans. I'm the guy that's out in the treehouse. I'm the guy that they can talk, talk to. I'm the guy that they can touch. I can't go through another year like last year. That was unacceptable. It was terrible. Can't do that again. And you're going to get the sense in some of the interviews that we're going to do with players that they understand that. And there's a lot of noise. There's so much noise going on that has nothing to do with what's behind us. We cover baseball. That's what we do. 
And we've told you that now for a while. We're not going to get involved in all of the outside noise. That's not that's not that's a, that, that's a no-win proposition. A no-win proposition for 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 us. Our job is to cover the baseball. The players, the front office, the coaches, that's what we do. All of the major news that's going on is all about the outside stuff that has nothing to do with baseball. And to me, that's going to play to a big advantage for the guys in this clubhouse. You're going to hear while we're down here that it's not going to be like last year. What's the over and under? Last time I looked at was it 55 that uh, Nevada had for yeah. over and under? If, not, it w- if it's not 55, it was like 57 and a half. I saw like 55. That. It went to 57. I mean, I saw 55. Yeah, I'd have to. There's a there's a guy that I, I learned about years ago working with someone who to follow from uh, the Superbook. Um, I'll look and see what it yeah, was. Yeah, look what it But I saw 55. Either way, that's unacceptable. There's no more excuses. Last year was train wreck, and we knew it was going to be a train wreck. And you were going to play a lot of different guys, and that's what we kept saying was, you know what, play these guys. I don't care if you win or you lose. Play these guys. Get them the experience. Get them up here. Let them understand. Joey Estes today, you're going to learn exactly what I was talking about last year constantly. Get them up here. Give them a bite of the carrot so when they go into the offseason, they know what they're training for, mentally and physically, especially mentally. Training physically is one thing, but you've got to train mentally to be prepared to play at the highest level. I don't care if you're in the NFL, the NBA, you're playing the PGA Tour, you're playing tennis, whatever you're playing at the highest level, you mentally have to train and prepare And the best way to do that is to give these guys a taste at some point, and we gave a boatload of guys taste last year, and we only won 50 games. But you know what? That's done with. Can't go through that again. And everybody everybody has to be held to a standard of that's not acceptable, starting with the general manager. He'll say it, David Forrest. Then comes the manager, Mark Kotze. I mean – Mark Kotze can't stand for this. Nobody can stand for this. I don't care what your payroll is. Payroll means nothing. Everybody, that's something we'll get into a little bit later while we're down here. The whole ridiculous, I mean, oh, the Dodgers spent $1.2 billion this offseason. That's all everybody wants to talk about. It's like, well, that's great. They still don't even know who their starting five is going to be now. They don't know who it's going to be during the middle of the season. They don't know who it's going to be during the playoffs. As they got bounced early from the playoffs. It's, it, and here the Arizona Diamondbacks are with 84 wins in the World Series. Anybody, I mean, it's like stop talking about the money. There is talent in this clubhouse right now, and that – all the outside noise about Vegas and relocation and, and is it going to be the next three years? Is it Sacramento? Is it Salt Lake? Is it Oakland? Whatever. All of that is where this team can actually come out and surprise some people. Now, I'm not saying they're going to come out and win 85-plus games, but it's going to be better than 50. It's got to be better than 50, and everybody has to be accountable. Everybody. Hell, we got to be accountable. Cannot happen. 
you got to be better than that. you got to have pride. 55 and a half is what it was. That's nice. So, you're, yeah. So, it's 55. That you can't win more than 55 games? Come on. There's more talent. There's been added veteran depth from the standpoint of starting pitching, which is something we'll get into big time because I, I think it's laughable. I love our guy, Martin Gallegos. When are we going to talk to him, by the way? Probably uh, later in the week. Yeah, he's in the class. I saw him today. Talk to him. He's got to do it. But I saw earlier, not too long ago, one of his early articles talking about the projected five. Nobody has a projected five. If you think you've got five starting pitchers, good luck. You need about 13 to 15. It, it, it has now become ridiculous to talk about, well, can this guy break the starting five? Starting five? <laughs> starting five? You, you show me the team in the first month of the season that only uses five starters. Right? Or show me what your projected five is at the start of spring training. Go to every beat writer and go, give me your projected five. And after month one of the regular season, your rotation won't look anything like that. You need depth and you need innings. And luckily, the A's have gone out and signed some veterans that are hopefully going to add to those innings. But I don't want to hear that there's only one spot open for the rotation. It's like, I've been around too long. I've been around this too long for me to think that as the A's, we're looking around going, hey, listen, there's just a battle for the five spot. We'll literally use at least 15 starting pitchers this year. And that's got to give all these younger guys that that taste, that knowing that opportunity is in front of them. And I'm going to say it to Mueller. I'm going to say it to Estes. I'm going to say it to all these guys. Every single time you step on this field, every single time you're on the mound, I don't care if it's in the bullpen, I don't care if it's throwing BP once we get into games, every single drill that you do, there has to be the mindset, I'm doing this to be in the rotation. Because everybody is going to get their shot. There's no question. Yeah, I mean, I like the, the additions of Stripling and Wood to add that veteran presence. And Ross Stripling had the quote the other day that he sees in the clubhouse that it's a lot like the Blue Jays when he was with them in 2020, the young Vlad, the shit. Uh, Biggio. So you got guys like that who, like Stripling, who's been around, was at the Giants last year, uh, that he knows that there's talent in the, in the clubhouse. And 55 and a half wins, I mean, I there's no way that they're 50-win team. I think Dude, can I go Mike Singletary? Can't do it. Well, I mean. Can't do it. We don't have to play the audio today, but we can get to it later this week. I our, want winners. I uh, know our good friend Mike Farron <laughs> was, seemed like he was uh, flabbergasted, it could be the pr- correct word, by uh, the Duke, Jim Duquette's prediction that the White Sox would be the worst team in baseball next year or this upcoming season. And Farron's like, oh, worse than Oakland, huh? And yeah, because uh, cause, cause everybody is following the national narrative. Oh, correct, yes. Okay? Everybody is following this national narrative that's been put on this organization. It is what it is. I'm not here to defend it. I'm not here to pile on it. I'm just saying there's a national narrative. I've been covering professional sports, and I've been covering teams for over 30 years. And I'm going to tell you, none of it matters. I'm going to go back to my Oakland Raiders pregame show days that I did with Bill Romanowski, four-time Super Bowl champion. He played in five Super Bowls. And he got town, guess what? Talking about the Super Bowl. He said, two weeks of all the noise, all the noise. 
You've got media day. You've got bulletin board material. You've got all that. Somebody's getting arrested. Going, you got everything that happens. And you go, guess what, Townie? After the national anthem and all that crap, once you kick the football off, none of that mattered. That's a man who played in five Super Bowls, one and four. All the hype, all the noise, as I like to call it. Because that's really what they'd always talk about in football, all my years covering football, was the noise was outside the building. Everything outside the building, the only thing that matters is inside the building. You don't worry about the outside noise. So I, I'm equating it to our baseball world here. All the outside noise, it doesn't matter, man, because once the ball's kicked off, the only thing that matters is blocking and tackling. Is your game plan. The human beings playing the sport. So all this stuff, and of course, Cody makes fun of me because I'm still the dinosaur that buys the magazines. And now with guys signing so late, the magazines, you got to fill them in as you go. But the reality is we're still dealing with human beings who are going to play a sport. So everything that everybody's talking about on the outside, it doesn't mean anything. Can you throw strikes? Can you get ahead of hitters? Can you get on base? Can you play defense? Do you score runs? Run prevention is the number one thing in our game. As much as everybody wants to talk about fantasy stats, the number one thing is can you keep the other team from scoring? That's the number one thing. How's your pitching? How's your defense? Yes, hitting home runs is great, but run prevention still is the number one thing in our sport. And we're going to play it. And these, and, and these players, the outside noise means nothing. So if you want to buy into the narrative like our buddy Farron is doing, because it's easy to do that, that's the easy thing. But once it comes down to the actual sport and they get in between the lines, what do, do you think when a pitcher goes out there to go out to battle and to battle a hitter, he's out there going, gee, what did Ken Rosenthal write in the athletic? I'm going to go with no. Uh, no. Highly, highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. <laughs> I thought Mark Kotze's initial speech, and we'll talk to Kotz, brought to you by Nest Betting. We, I thought the example of Brent Brown, I can't wait to talk to Kotz because it's going to be like, I saw him earlier today, said, uh, good morning, good to see you. But uh, we're going to say to him, this hey, last year, not acceptable, right? Like, I mean, at some point, Kotze's got to start looking at his record as a manager and start saying, man, this is the, I got to turn this thing around. I mean, we all got to start looking at it like, hey, man, wins got to start coming. But anyway, I like how he started talking about Brent Rooker. Who was Brent Rooker going into last spring? He was the guy that we didn't know if he was going to make the roster. Fighting to be the, like, what, the fourth outfielder? If I had to hear one more time how he won the Triple Crown in the SEC, I was going to throw up. Like, I don't care. He was a great college baseball player, though. Yeah, great. You want to go back to my college career? You want to go back to – Did you want a pitching triple crown? or? No, but I got some high-profile high wins and <laughs> saves. Of, hey, that's all that matters. But anyway, it's like Brent Rooker. Who was Brent Rooker? I mean, he had he has opportunity with the Twins, had his opportunity with the Royals, had his opportunity with the Padres. 
He's what, 20, was he 28, 29 last year spring training? Yeah, I think he's 29 now. It was your typical somebody in the A's front office has liked him since his days at Mississippi State, blah, 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 blah. How many times have we heard that? And it's like, all right, doesn't run real well, doesn't throw real well, doesn't really play great defense, but, yeah, he can hit, but he's right-handed. So what are we, he's going to, what, DH? And does a young team really need a DH? I mean, a young team needs the DH spot for a lot of teams now. It's a place to, if you want to rest a guy, I think for more established teams, you can rest a guy just to get him four at-bats. But for the A's, to me, going into last year, the, you got a guy who's going to DH. What Now you need, you need at-bats for young players, right? If Soderstrom comes up and notice playing first base, I need Sody to get at-bats. Well, DH him. I don't need an older guy who's not a part of the future. I'm trying to find guys for 28 when a new ballpark opens up. That Well, Brent Rooker is a great example of a guy who came in, hit the ball hard, played okay defense. He made the roster on the very night of what are we doing here? We're breaking camp. It's the last discussion. He was the last discussion. The very last, like, what are we doing? And if you remember, we gave up a player in Christian Pache who was out of options. You knew if you don't take him, he's gone. And he was part of that big trade with Atlanta. And you're like, all right, what are we going to do here? You gave up Matt Olson. So you're going to take Brent Rooker over Christian Pache. What, has Pache been any good? No. But don't you want to give a guy that you traded Matt Olson for every opportunity? Because he has skills. We know that. And they went with decision. Brent Rooker, I, on record, was not – I did not agree with it. I thought it was a bad move. I thought it was a move made for now, not for the future, when we should be building for the future. But in the end, it worked out. Next thing you know, Brent Rooker just goes off in Baltimore in that four-game set. They just could not, the Orioles at that point, could not get, get them out. And at that point, think about that. It was earlier in the season. That was when people were like, ah, it's the, still the Orioles. Well, well, little did we know <laughs> that that little Oriole engine that could would win the AL East and win over 100 games. Our good friend, friend of the program from Santa Rosa, Brandon Hyde, their manager. Can't wait to have him on again. We'll get him, yeah. Remember, we were having him on whenever it was like, why are you having him on? I'm like, well, he's a local guy. He's from Santa Rosa. So we had him on before he was the AL manager of the year. But um, Our good friend Cole Irvin's still there. Cole Irvin's still there. I think we know anyone else on the team. Fuji's no longer there. He now Fuji's now met. Yeah, how about that? The Big Apple. But the Orioles in the offseason quickly. Corbin Burns, nice move. Now that Kyle Bradish, their guy that Bradish, was. Bradish, that was awful news. He was great. Like, finished fourth in the American League in Cy Young. The righty, out of, for the righty for Baltimore now is going to be out to start the season. John Means behind schedule. So you think they're going in the spring training going, oh, well, we have our five guys set. And, you know, we got Who's got five set? Yeah, I'm saying that they don't have five guys. I mean, once again, I'm not getting on our guy, Martin Gallegos. When you're a beat writer, you've got to, you, you got to, you got to produce content, right? And yeah. one, of the, one of the things that's traditional in our game is who's your five? Who's got five? Who's got five? The Dodgers think that uh, everyone thinks the Dodgers have five with – Yamamoto and Tyler Yamamoto's Casso. Ne- Yamamoto's a stud. Like, we yeah. saw that in the WBC. 
But he pitches once every six days, and he's never pitched at this level yet. Yeah, and everyone's like, well, Glassnell, the, the best is ahead. He's 30, and his most innings ever thrown was 121 last season. Last season. Uh, you got you got Walker Bueller coming back from Tommy John surgery. Clayton Kershaw's a year older, but he might be their most reliable starting pitcher they have right now. Wait, wait. Reliable? He's not going to be available until after the All-Star break. Kershaw? Kershaw. He had surgery. He did? On his shoulder, yeah. Oh, okay, so Kershaw's out. Kershaw's not starting the season in the rotation. They only got the, Okay, they got Bobby Miller, the rookie they had last year, the flamethrower, who pitched like all. He's one a, guy! Yeah, they got one guy that. <laughs> uh, they traded Pepio, the kid that they had in the deal for Glassnell, who started some games for them last year. So, yeah, they got, they got We're question marks. We're missing somebody. There's, there's, who's, who's the guy who was in the All-Star game at Dodger Stadium? Starter? Uh, yeah. What the hell was his name? We're missing a guy. We're missing a guy. We're missing a guy. Hold on. Hold on. Dodgers. Let's see. Who did the do- who was the who was the Dodgers' other starting pitcher? Let's see what let's see what Fangraphs okay. has so, for. As soon, as soon as you as soon as you see. It, oh, Ginger Guard's not pitching. He's still hurt. Oh, they signed uh, James Paxson this offseason. He can't the stay big healthy. Big Maple. Uh, Emmett Sheehan was another guy they had. Yeah, that's it. The right-handed guy from um, uh, Tony Gonsolin's out. Gonsolin, he's out. He had yeah. Tommy John, I think, too. When did he have it? Uh, I'd have to look. He's he was on. their All-Star in yeah he last had, year. He had Tommy when John. was when was the All-Star game at Dodger Stadium? Was that last two, year? Two years ago. Gonsolin was their All-Star two years ago at Dodger yeah. Stadium. Um, he had Tommy John on uh, September first of twenty of yeah, last year. So nobody has five. Yeah. Gonsolin's not even going to be there this year. <laughs> Here's our guy Bueller had Tommy John in twenty twenty two. Kershaw had shoulder surgery beginning of November. Dustin May had flexor tendon surgery. You did in May. not know I'm, Kershaw had surgery. I forgot about it. I knew he signed, but I yeah. forgot he had this. That was yeah. Shoulder. He's out. Yeah, he's out. Then you look they at, don't have. Who would be? Give me one. One guy who's healthy. Well, Yamamoto. Take Yamamoto out because he's never pitched in the big leagues. Give me one guy the Dodgers have who's healthy. Bobby Miller. Bobby Miller. That's Actually, it. he's very talented. And, and I mean, she and Pitt made some starts last year, but I'll go Bobby Miller. So, it goes back to the who's got five, no one has five. I got sidetracked now. What the hell was I talking about? Uh, were you talking about Rooker? Oh, Rooker. So, here's Rooker. Has that big series, that four-game set. Uh, there was a couple guys who had a big series. Santander had a huge series for them. There was a couple guys who had a huge series. But Rooker, that was kind of like – Hit that first month, Rooker was on fire, and it's what got him into the All Star game. Because if you remember, he was voted in by the players, so the players remembered his first part of the season. So Rooker goes off, but then when you hit midsummer, Rooker wasn't great. Rooker really started to fall off and fall off. There was a lot of pressure on him. He goes to the All Star game. Now there's expectations. Hey. We talk so much about physical, but most of this game is about mental. Everybody's got the skills. And you could see when once there were expectations to, oh, now you're going to hit in the middle of the order. When you hit in the middle of the order, you need to drive in runs. You need to hit the ball out of the ballpark. There were expectations. All of a sudden, Rooker went from no expectations, was killing it, all-star game. Now there's expectations. And he struggled with that. But – Found it again at the end of the year. And that was that's something I can't wait to talk to him about. Also, big breakfast guy, Brent Rooker. I remember you texted me about that in the offseason, how he's a big breakfast guy. So we got to get into his he it's like a big specialty for him. He's got certain places on the road. We'll get into that. But 
the way he rebounded with the expectations. You think about this. He's at a point. Think about Brent Rooker, and it goes back to, I got to get the car back on the road here, about Mark Kotze at the beginning of the year talking about what this team needs to do to turn it around. He starts his speech to everybody as the manager of all 30 teams will talk to camp. And he's talking about Brent Rooker. Think about Brent Rooker. What Brent Rooker doesn't make the team? Think about that. Think about how life is about moments. All of our lives. Forget these professional athletes. All of our There's certain things in your life. There's certain moments. There's certain decisions. There's certain decisions made that are out of your control that dramatically affect your life. What if the front office did what I wanted them to do was keep Christian Pache? And Brent Rooker now goes back into purgatory, pretty much. The abyss. Who's signing him? Who's giving Brent if, if If David Forst and the front office do not take the shot on Brent Rooker, which turns out to be an all-star game appearance, Brent Rooker's now coming into camp where he didn't have to worry this offseason about making the team. He's on the team. Now he gets to train differently, not only physically, but also, more importantly, mentally. He's not like, He's not going to come out here and grip every at-bat like I'm trying to make the team. Now he can get focused on preparing himself physically and mentally for the season as an everyday player. But think about it. If the A's don't make that decision and they go with Pache, who even knows where Brent Rooker is right now? I was going to say I would say the easy answer is he'd probably be a Ray and be hitting 35 home runs. But No, the easy yeah. answer is he's signing another minor league, league deal. deal. Yep. And his career could be potentially on the way to being over. Yeah, and, and we were seeing Pache hit. Just think about that. Brent Rooker, at this point, right now in his life, if the A's did make that decision for him last year, could really be thinking about retiring and go finding another career. Yeah, I mean, well, once we found out last year, um, he's very good at the media game. So, I mean, maybe he gets into that after his career is done now. But, yeah, he – he probably would have been in the minors. Does he want to stick around in the minors? No. And then you could tell the whole story of the A season completely differently. The team leader in home runs, most likely, I think, would have been Shea Langoliers, our, catch, the catch, our catcher, had, what, 20, how many, anything, 23 last year? Which is, like, the fourth Oakland catcher to ever hit 20 home He's runs gonna in a season. He's going to hit 30 this year, by the way. That's my prediction. Uh, okay. I'll, I remember that because uh, remember I said he'd be a, what was it, a 2020 guy? But he only stole a couple bases last year. Well, that was that was your <laughs> – Oh, yep. by the way, you need to uh, twenty-two homers, three stolen bases. So he was only seventeen off from the uh, twenty. You need to uh, you need to pay off your uh, bet. I mean, we still haven't gotten. We still haven't gone yet. And you you do not get to expense it. Oh, but we won't. We won't need to do it here. We'll do it at home. No, no, no. We're gonna do it here. Well, no, because we got Ray with us. I'm not paying for him. Sorry, Ray. That's all right. Ray can get another bill if it. <laughs> if you know, every single year we do these bets, and every year he loses. You owe me a uh, a Mexican food dinner. Yeah, I think Los Olivos, Steve Vucinich's favorite place downtown Scottsdale. That is a good place. I do will love be, it there. Will, will be a perfect spot for you to take care of me. Uh, we won't do the bet on the the thirty homers for Lane. We'll make it something more like me coming out and saying I think the Royals are going to win the AL Central. 
That's not really what I'm saying. I'm saying something outlandish like that. That's not outlandish. Oh, that division. Have you, have you seen all the moves the Royals have made? The Royals have been the most active and one of the biggest spenders this offseason. Good for Kansas City. And they resigned Bobby Wood Jr. to a huge deal. He's there forever, essentially. The rest of his career. Yes. Wire. Oh, there's opt-outs. There's, yeah. <laughs> Forgot about the opt-outs. It's as much a um, we're buying out the arbitration and it's a good PR move contract. And listen, it's great. But if you look at the contract, it's basically we're going to buy out your arbitration. Then after that, we're going to allow you to opt out and become a free agent. But, hey, Kansas City's rolling with another Super Bowl. Your quarterback's invested in the baseball team. Looking, how old is Brent? I'm not just, Rooker's 29. 29. So getting back to Rooker. So Brent Rooker is the example Mark Kotze uses, right? So we all know the year that he ends up having. It just goes to show, getting back to the outside noise means nothing. And it's about what happens out here on the field. Brent Rooker's life changed forever, ever, last year on this field. He doesn't make the team. I don't, I don't, he doesn't have a career. Brent Rooker, Brent Rooker, if Brent Rooker couldn't make the A's last year the way the A's were assembled, there's 29 other teams. There's nobody else who is signing him, and there's no one else signing him this year, and he's making a big league club. He may toil like Stephen Piscotty. We're bringing him back, minor league deal. I mean, there could have been a possibility where Brent Rooker signs a minor league deal. People get hurt, and he gets some at-bat. Brent Rooker's career, if he doesn't make this club last year, is pretty much – he's pretty much done. Yeah, I think but that's, that's fair. That – that's just how fragile these careers are. That's how f the fragility of a professional athlete's career, right? Happens in all sports, right? I mean, the NFL, you look at it. A guy, Guys get hurt. You get signed. You were on the practice squad. All of a sudden, you make some plays in a game. Bang, you have a career again. It's so fragile, these decisions. Can you seize the moment? And that's what Mark Kotze said to the group. Who's the next Brent Rooker? Because guess what? It could be any of you. Nobody on planet Earth had Brent Rooker being in the All-Star game last year, but he was. It and could it, be any of Somebody's going in that clubhouse right now. In that clubhouse, somebody's going to the All-Star game. Where's the All-Star game this year? Texas. Globe Life. Globe wow. Life. Wow, the Rangers. Yeah. Was it Globe Life? Rangers. Uh, is it Field. Globe Used to be park. Field, field. park. I should know. I've, been to, I should park. Been, I've been to the new ballpark. Think about this. For a team that didn't get to have their honeymoon with the stadium because of COVID, they've had a lot, right? They got to host all the COVID playoffs and the World Series. They've now had their own World Series. They get the All-Star game. Oh, yeah, by the way, speaking of the Rangers, real quick, who's starting for them? Heather. No DeGrom, no Scherzer. Don't get me started. We did, no Malley. We, we did the whole TV no deal. No Montgomery. We told you the TV deal stuff was a big deal when we were at the winter meetings. If you didn't want to believe us, you now look at all the Boris clients that have not been signed and how many people have been like, if I could stand up here, like, ah, we're going to keep our hands in our pockets here. The front offices in baseball like, yeah. Where's all the money? Yeah. I mean, Texas Rangers won the World Series. No TV deal. The big, the Boris's big five guys: Chapman, Montgomery, uh, Bellinger, Snell, and there's one other. Oh, uh, JD Martinez, all still available. Twins won the division. 
keeping their hands in their pockets. Rangers won the World Series. Oh, the money you get. They have no TV deal. Arizona. Keeping their hands. Seattle. Seattle, who you talk about a window of opportunity. And by the way, that's my my uh, Mexican food bet that he owes me, Mexican restaurant bet. Um, this clown had um, – you had him winning the division? Not making the playoffs. No, You had him winning the division – then you step back to making the playoffs, and then I bet you they wouldn't even make the playoffs. You originally started with them winning the division. They were close, so they only lose up by like a game. <laughs> it's, it wouldn't more Atlantis if they lost by ten games, and they were. Did you? Did they make the playoffs? They did. They did not. Yeah, thank you. If it was the NBA, they'd be in the playing tournament. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they were hockey or the NBA. They 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 would have been in. They would have been in. But it just it it just goes to Brent Rooker is a great example and. I remember remember how emotional that speech was when, when Mark Kotze announced him as the All-Star there in the clubhouse. That was emotional. I great, it was a great way to start this camp off, bringing up Brent Rooker, because it basically says to every man in this camp, why not you? Why not you? If Brent Rooker could do it, whose career was hanging by a thread, could be in the All-Star game. Why not you? You control your own destiny when you're with the Oakland Athletics. Opportunity is here for everybody. It is the land of opportunity. You've, hear us, you've heard us talk about it for years. The land of opportunity. And right now, these guys are better than you think. These guys are better than what everybody's talking about nationally. They are. You don't want to believe it? That's fine. Mark the tape, as they used to say in our business, of me saying this now. <laughs> they will win over, what's the over 55 and a half? Yes. They will win over 55 and a half games. They will be better. Sometimes you've got to get your ass kicked, and that's fine. We've all been through it in sports. Sometimes you've got to get your ass kicked to learn and to get better. And that's what a lot of these guys went through last year. And we're seeing the young core start to come up. Geloff has potential to be a star. My comp for him, and I'm sticking with it, is Hall of Famer Ryan Sandberg. And we heard about Ryan Sandberg, the great second baseman of the Chicago Cubs, uh, and his battle with cancer. So good luck to him, the great Ryan Sandberg. But that is my comp for Zach Geloff. There are a lot. There is quality arms. There's now veteran arms in here to give you innings. There's young arms that could be potential really good players, uh, position players. There's talent. There's athleticism. This team is going to be better. But it's on you. There's nothing holding you back. There's no excuses. I wish I could get up in front, talk in front of this team. you got no excuses. Your career is in front of you. You go out here and you play well, this front office will give you an opportunity to play. You're not blocked by anybody. You know how many excuses guys have made over the I run into guys, you're at golf tournaments. Oh, yeah, I played in AAA, but I was blocked. You know how many guys will tell you they didn't get into the big leagues because they were blocked? Wrong organization. And a lot of it could be true also, but there's always an excuse of why Somebody didn't make it. Why this? Why that? I get it. Some of it's valid. Some of it's not. Here, not valid whatever. No one, 
Nobody is blocking you out here. If you ball out, you will get your opportunity. It's fact. I think you're going to go, if you ball, you get the call. You ball, that's old Deion Sanders on NFL Network (laughs) on the Sunday show. If you ball, you will get the call. You come out here and crush it. You come out here and dominate. You're gonna, you're gonna, you'll make the roster. Nothing's holding you back. There's nobody. We're not gonna sit here and talk about one guy. Well, he's screwed because that guy's got a 12-year contract at first. The guy at third's got an eight-year contract. The guy in center, he's got seven years left on his deal. Who's out of that? Who, who's got that? Uh, yeah, nobody. Nobody. Thank who's you. got it better than us? The Chargers. Oh my God! What a Harbaugh. What are you doing? The Spanoses are broke. What are you doing? Um, <laughs> lots happened. <laughs> lots happened since we've been on. We could go a lot of. Run. Hey, how was your NBA All Star game? I didn't watch. I saw there was like two. It was like two hundred and eleven to one eighty six. <laughs> or I mean, what are we doing? Oh God! The dunk contest is that at least they had the three point shooting contest. Did they have the dunk contest? Yeah. I don't I, even pay attention anymore. Yeah, it's not any good. And the All Star game's not good either. After a while, how are you going to produce a new dunk? Yeah, the guy that won it last year is a guy that was in the G League, and then I think he's in the G League still right now, and he won the dunk contest two years in a row. Yeah, great. It's not like Dr. J or Michael Jordan going from the free throw line or Dominique. You want to save the – real quick, if you want to save the dunk contest, LeBron James has to do it before he retires. That will be the most viewed dunk contest since we had Jordan. And um, Why? He's not a great dunker. But people will tune in to see LeBron. But that's the I, I get it. I mean, we can roll Larry Bird back out for the three point contest. So against, he probably still against, shoots better than most against Steph Curry. But I mean, at some point, it's like you need LeBron's forty, almost forty. I think yeah, he'll be forty this year. I think he's forty on Christmas or somewhere on Christmas. I had a conversation yesterday on the golf course here in Arizona about that. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm like, it still amazes me to this day the things people will say about LeBron James. And do you understand how much good this man has done? Do you understand where he's come from? What he could have been? I mean, people like like whether like people still want to hold that stupid decision about whether he's I'm going to take my talents to South Beach. Was that with Jim Gray, right? Jim Gray. Yeah, LeBron James has done a lot to help people. And you think of some of these professional athletes and some of the dumb stuff that they do off the field. You, you look at what LeBron James has done, where you, and you criticize him, especially when the Warriors were taken on, and all the stuff people tried to say about him. I just it's just amazing to me when you talk about ripping people and you really don't know the full story. You can you can dislike somebody because they're on the other team, but when you just take shots at a guy when this is a guy that's really gone out of his way to do what's right, especially for kids and education and stuff that he's done, I just it's it floors me. And when you put it that way, it's hard to it's hard to argue. Yeah, no, you're right. Everything about LeBron, I mean, I know people are now saying, now his whole thing is he said. Good uh, father, good husband. I mean, mean, this is a guy who who grew up with nothing, who grew up in a really tough situation and has understood that and wants wants to go out of his way with so many people, even, you know, whether he's left Akron, left Ohio, whatever, to – Everywhere he goes, he tries to make it a better place and to help young people. How how do you, how do you, how do you hate a guy like that? 
you know, the big real quick, the big thing with him now is he apparently the other day said that he's 50-50 on if he wants to have a retirement tour or just, you know, be like Tim Duncan and just be gone. And everyone, and he's like, I'm really bad at accepting gratitude and praise. And someone said, bro, you have the chosen one tattooed on your body. <laughs> hey, if that's the worst thing. Yeah. I mean, in, 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 in sports where you have guys doing some pretty heinous stuff off, off, off fields, off ice, off court. Yeah, that's not LeBron James. LeBron yeah. James, if he has tattooed chosen one, you look at the people LeBron James, especially kids. Come on, man. Yeah. So come on. What uh? What what player? Who do you want to talk? Which pitcher do you want to talk? I know. I'm feeling good, man. I'm I'm right. I'm I'm ready to keep going here for a little bit. Because I'm telling you, no excuses. We got to have a couple sayings this spring. Not again. No excuses. It's on you. I mean, who's gonna be like? I I can't wait to talk to my guy Ryan Noda. Ryan Noda now is showing up all over the place. We we're the ones doing his first interview. Now he's showing up over. I love it. Yeah, he's all you over the You know what? Ryan Noda told us right here in the exact same spot. I can be last year. No one knew who the hell he was. He was a Rule Five pick. We took him from the Dodgers. He said right here, I can be. A, I can be a. Uh, I can be a Gold Glove guy. I said, hell yeah, you got to believe it. I mean, Ryan Noda needs the floors. Tyler, Soders, Tyler Soderstrom's got to get his mojo back. Nick Allen's got to show some offense. We'll talk to Nicky Stickett, Nicky Pickett, Nicky Glovett. Nicky, he, lo- he liked Nicky Pie Shop last month. Nicky Pie Shop, <laughs> as everybody knows, I grew up with Nick Allen's family, uh, his mom and his aunt. Um, I love the kid. You know, Hernays can swing. It's going to push him. Who's going to play third? What does Jordan Diaz have to offer? Don't forget about the, guy, the new guy we acquired, too. Abraham Toro is going to be in the mix to play what third. about Brett Harris? Yeah, Harris down in the mind. Gonzaga kid. What about my guy, Lawrence Butler? Is this Lawrence Butler's time? Oh, sorry to hit that. No, you're good. It's okay. Is it They're Lawrence Butler's and, time? Yeah, I, the guy I'm most excited about, how about is Sodersham, But How about Ruiz? We finally had a player that showed up on a list that's praising. Ruiz is one of the stolen base leaders this year. Yeah, I'm surprised they had him third, even though because he was he led the American League last year. Who they had? It was Acuna, who was obviously a forty. What was he a forty sixty guy? And, and I'll give you I'll give you another guy. Saw him in the clubhouse today. Because I thought last year was the year. Well, this year better be the year. That's Seth Brown. You're here. You need you know. Seth Brown, you thought didn't get hurt last year. You had the potential for thirty bombs. So right now you have. Going in right now looking at it, you're thinking Langlier is going to – I think Langlier is going to be a 30 home run guy. Yep. I'll hold, we'll hold you to that. Let's say 20. Well, he had 22 last year, so let's see if we can do it again. So 20. Seth Brown, 20. Geloff, 20. Rooker. Rooker, 20. I'm giving you four guys. I'm saying – and that's that's bare minimum they got to hit 20 each. I'm giving you 80 home runs right there, bare minimum, four guys. If he stays healthy, I think Noda can get to 20. That's five. Uh, who else are we forgetting? It, I mean, you're blowing past the total of home runs last yeah, year. Yeah, the biggest X factor still to me, and probably a lot of people, is I think Soderstrom. If he can figure it out, I think he's easily a 20 home run guy. He has the potential. It's just figuring it out and adjusting to the big league pitching. And that's what, you know, I think Lawrence Butler could be a 15 home run guy. Not 20, but I'll, 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 we'll aim low, but expect high. Yeah, me. let's not get crazy because what we don't want to do is set these, 
you know, hey, there's the A's cast guys. They're just being a bunch of homers. I'm talking reality. Yeah. 55 and a half as a win total is a joke. They're going to win more than that. They have to win more than that. Have some damn pride. Then you start looking at numbers, and how do you start looking at Well, I mean, the biggest thing for me beyond, you know, we're talking home runs, the biggest thing for me is going to be innings pitched. And we got some pitchers to talk to you about. But any, you know, how are you going to get those innings? Was it 4,372 outs? What is it? 4,374. Four, something like that. 76. I mean, we, we had this number forever, but. Now we haven't talked about it in a while. Yeah, so now it's 4,370-something uh, that outs I need to get this year. So there's 27 outs. Times 162, right? 162. 74. So, so not counting extra inning games, you've got to get 4,374 outs. That's all that matters. Think about that, folks. Starters, relievers, whoever you are as a pitcher, your job is to do one thing, get outs. It's not about your data. It's not about your spin rates. It's not about your rise. It's not about vertical, horizontal. It's one, Do you get outs or not? And the team, every team, for 162 games, you've got to get 4,374 outs. How, how are the A's going to do that? There's a lot of young guys, too, that, that we're expecting big – not – not to put too much pressure, but expecting big things from a guy that a lot of people like, like Eno Saris, very high on Joe Boyle. And we he the way he pitched last year when he was up yeah. here and the expert I think Eno had him like number two in his like stuff plus for uh, minor league pitchers or something like that. Uh number two behind only I forget who number one was. But I can I, mean, I could look it up. But he was number two. That's pretty high praise for a guy that's only only made a handful of starts last year for the A's, who they acquired midway through the year for Sam Mall. Big kid. I mean, if we get into, if, if a basketball game breaks out, we're dumping it down to him low because uh, he's a big man. We can take him, Mahler, Mason, Miller. Oh my God, we have, our 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 backcourt is unbelievable. Yeah, we got some we got some uh, guys that can play in the paint for us. We J, got, JP Sears playing point. So what 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 officially is Boyle? Is he six ten? No, he's. I don't think he's that big. There's, six nine. There's a there's a kid for Saint. Mahler's six seven. There, Boyle is six seven. Now that'd be front court. Back court would you be your guards. Looks like Sears and Nick Allen would be our, our back court. Back court I'm not so Lawrence, Actually point guard's a little bigger now. Lawrence Butler could be a small forward. Correct, yeah. But our front court, so what do we got? Boyles what? Six seven. So we got six seven, six seven. And then uh who was the next guy? Waldachuk's pretty tall, right? No. He's about six three. You got up bigger than that. I saw some guy in the elevator today. He's got to be like six five. Yeah, six, Waldachuk's six three, right? Yeah. Um, hmm. I'd have to look to see who else is on. We got the twin towers basically with Boyle and uh, with Kyle Muller. So who we want to start out with? Because pitching is Mason Miller six five. That's our power forward. <laughs> yeah, we got a we got a hoop team. We, we got to ask these guys if they played basketball. Now Boyle played college baseball at Notre Dame with uh, the the tight end from the. Bears, Cole Komet, so he's a baseball guy. But let's see if any of these guys played basketball in high school. I mean, some of these guys had to have. All right, so. Uh, like Emo, big basketball guy. Who are we going to start with? I told Emo, Emo, Scott Emerson, our pitching coach, he's in great shape. I'm like, you could give me 20, 10, and 5 right now. <laughs> you remember, he was like Mr. Arizona basketball yeah. back in the day. I'd love to play a pickup basketball game with Emo. That and play pickleball with David Forrest. I mean. I don't think you could score on Emo. Uh, he literally dwarfs you. Yeah, he is tall, but he's older now. 
Maybe I have that cardio. Wow. Now, now, that not, been, now that I've been working out more. I wow. Mean, I think I might have that cardio I'm going to have shots fired at him. Emo, look at You can't guard this guy, Emo. All right, who do you want to start with? Let's do Moller since we're talking about the big uh, front court guys. Kyle Moller, to me still, has a big future with the Oakland Athletics. Kyle Moller is a guy that has the type of makeup and the type of stuff I still think can be a frontline pitcher. Last year was an anomaly. He just got sidetracked. Things just went squirrely. This could be a big year for him. As much as I like adding the veterans, I know the future is the younger guys, and he's not that young. What was he, 20? What did he say he was? He told us. 26. 26, I think. That sounds right. I mean, 26 is the start of your prime. As a professional athlete, it's really 25. But in baseball, 26, I just want to get the – I want to be factually correct. Yeah, he's 26. It's his time. Let's go. So coming up next, the big lefty. We got you covered all spring training right here on A's Cast Live. We'll talk to Kyle Muller next as we get you we we get you covered. We cover you like a snuggie. There you go. We cover it all like a snuggie right here on A's Cast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Live. A's Cast Live continues from A's Spring Training. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, how are you? How have you been? I'm great. I'm great. Had an awesome offseason. Excited to get back and uh, see all the guys and kind of just catch up with everybody. You talk about a busy offseason. The big lefty got married. Yes. Yes. Got married December 1st. Um, I feel like I'm I'm one of many of the guys in the clubhouse. We're all kind of around that age. Yeah. And then went on the honeymoon mid-December to St. Lucia, which was awesome, phenomenal. Man. And then... Uh, Got back and uh, got everything ready to go for camp. You know what's great about baseball players is that you guys can get married in the off season, which for us who are older and who've already done it, and for you guys who are younger, uh, you need to understand it's a lot cheaper to get married in the off season than it is in the summertime when everybody wants to get married. Right, and I I don't like being hot, so summer wedding was kind of off for me. Just in Houston, the rip. too, right? Yeah, no, I, I don't think I could have done that. I'd been wearing a short sleeve suit and uh, shorts. But, uh, yeah. yeah, no, it was great. The weather was perfect. Um, you know, I have, I have no complaints. It was an awesome day. I'm going to be real honest. You ready for real honesty? Let's hear it. I've got big expectations, and I need better of, the, better of you this year than what happened last year, and I think you feel the same. You're telling me. I mean, that's, that's exactly how I feel. Yeah, no, uh, last year was just uh, – Man, it was it was a lot. I went through, um, you know, some things uh, delivery wise, and then, uh, you know, I felt like I was just trying to play catch up all year. I showed up to camp, and I honestly didn't even have the best spring training, um, and then kind of set the tone. Had a good first outing, and then from there, it's, I felt like every week I was trying to figure something out delivery wise because I knew I just wasn't myself, 
Um, but this off season has been great. I, I got a lot of the answers I needed in terms of, you know, my delivery. And it wasn't like I've been trying to do something that I've never done. You know, it wasn't like I was trying to add velo or, or make my pitches better. It was just trying to get back to the guy that I've always been. And, um, you know, I feel like I've made the right steps to get back to that person. And, you know, obviously, you know, last year wasn't the year I wanted to have. It wasn't the year that the organization wanted me to have. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely looking to prove myself and uh, show everybody that, you know, the person they yeah. traded for is still here. You got thrusted into the opening day start, right? It was kind of like all of a sudden like, bam, you're the guy. That hurt or help you? I loved it. Yeah. I'll never complain about that. I mean, even if I don't feel good throwing the ball, like I'm, I'm out there, I'm going to compete my ass off. I don't know if I should have said that, but no, you're good. I'm going to, comp- I'm going to, I'm going to compete, you know, every time they give me the ball and you know, regardless of how I feel. And so I love the opportunity and the atmosphere was electric and we, and we ended up winning, which was even better. Um, you know, I think it, it made the, uh, the fall from grace a little bit longer going from opening day starter to then eventually going back to AAA, And that was just, uh, that was, that was tough to deal with just cause I didn't, at that point, I didn't know what, what was wrong. What, like, why was I not throwing the ball? Well, normally my fastball is a pitch that I can just blow by guys and it was getting hit pretty hard. And then, um, you know, just kind of, it was tough to take a step back and, and, and diagnose the whole arsenal slash delivery when every five days you're out there trying to compete, you know, cause you can't be thinking about that stuff when you're on the mound, Correct. you got to get guys out yeah. and it's tough when you go out there and then you go back to muscle memory, but you're trying to break the muscle memory. And then, so you're kind of in this never ending cycle, but, um, this off season has been incredible. I figured a lot of stuff out. Um, and I, I, I can't wait for the season to get started. I try and tell people it's like golf, right? It's like when you're standing over a golf ball and you're thinking about all the, okay, how about, how I take the club back, where's my right elbow going to be? All that. And really, you need to think about hitting the ball. You're playing a game. You've got to make the ball go that way, but you're thinking about, i got to keep my head still, i got to turn my – and yeah. that's kind of where you were last year. Yeah, no, it was tough. And, and that's what what really stuck, sucked about it was, you know, having that competitive nature, which I've always had, that, that takes over. And then at the same time, like, you're – you, you need to be better. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do the things that I've been working on in between starts. And then did you ever go back to old stuff? Cause you went into survival mode. That's, that's what the whole season was. It was cause whatever I practiced in the off season, wasn't the stuff that I needed to be doing. And then when I showed up, that was like, you know, they say, trust your train. And that's what I trained all off season. And, uh, and so regardless of what, you know, tweaks I'd tried to make in between outings, whenever the lights came on and I took the mound it was just go back to what you practiced and that was it and that's what I was trying to break so it was like one of those things where I'm out there and I'm not trying to like I'm not trying to practice when I'm out there I'm trying to get out yeah you know and so um that was just kind of one of those things that was was a tricky thing to navigate obviously you know practicing when you're trying to get big league hitters out isn't the best you know isn't the best combination so but I, I, I'm I'm very confident in all of the changes I've made this offseason, and I'm excited to 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 show the staff and you know prove to them myself that you know the decision they made was the right one. Yeah, because when I remember when the team traded for you, and you came over, and we got to see you, I know immediately I I saw frontline starter. Right. And we talked like this very spot 
last year about you being a frontline starter. Right. And I remember you said, minor leagues, I'm done with that. Right. And obviously, like you said, the season didn't go. I still see you as that guy. Me too. I want you to be that. I, I see the frontline starter that we, when, when we're back in the postseason, you're on the mound. Absolutely. And I, I feel that way too. It, and for me, it was, it was, um, you know, kind of a lot of things going back, going back to 2021, going up and down with Atlanta. It was, you'd go up, you'd, you'd think you'd pitch well, and then you get sent back down and you're like, okay, well, I got to do something better. And so that kind of started the whole trend of, of tweaking. And, you know, baseball is a game of tweaks. But I think for me, going doing that again in 2022, coming into the year, I had I had tweaked so much that it was – I just had gotten rid of everything that I was good at, which was being athletic, being aggressive, you know, being competitive on the mound. And, you know, I let, you know, my delivery get in the way of that. And um, then I started doing a lot of stuff that just wasn't, wasn't a natural movement. If I was fighting myself and I wasn't letting myself flow through the whole delivery and um, – you know, I guess this offseason, you could say I trimmed some of the fat on that, just getting rid of a lot of the things that I don't need to be doing and trying to simplify it as much as I can. Um, you know, because it's not like I said earlier, it's not like I'm trying to do something that I've never done before. You know, I've they traded for me for a reason, you know, and making sure that I can be the best of my ability and let my athleticism shine out on the mound is, is something that I really try to do this offseason. And uh, I feel like I did a really good job of that, so I'm excited for this year. Yeah, it, it's it's human nature to tinker. Right. It just is. It's like we as human beings in anything that we do, you're always trying to figure out how do I get better? Can, right. I, can I do something different? And change is not always bad, but sometimes change can take you down a rabbit hole, and it sounds like it took you down that rabbit hole. It, I mean, you can't. All professional athletes, and really all of us in life, we tinker with what we do at our jobs. Right. So it's something you're going to do. But I like to be athletic, be you, get out there, and go get people out. Because too many times when I'm talking to people and I'm listening to baseball people and everybody wants to start talking about, you know, what they're doing with horizontal and vertical and spin and all that stuff. At some point, it's like, dude, you got to get people out. Right. I don't care what your stuff says, what the data says, stat cast. I what? How are you getting people out? I don't care if you throw 88 down the middle. Does it get people out? Right, right. Yeah, no, I mean, that's the name of the game is throwing strikes and getting outs. And so I think what pitchers try and do is optimize the the strikes that they throw. And, you know, like in terms of those things of vertical break, horizontal movement. Um, and And sometimes that just makes for a better pitch. So for me, like one of the things that I've always done really well is is carry the fastball and have good vertical break when I throw it. And so that – was gone last year and that's why my fastball got hit so hard because the separation between that and my other pitches was was even smaller and so that was actually one of the biggest focuses of me is, is getting that efficiency back getting the vertical break on my fastball back because then it'll create more separation between my pitches um but knowing how to use those tools and and know that it's not the end all be all just because you throw a really good fastball with good vertical break if you throw it right down the middle somebody and somebody hits it hard like it's not a good pitch so, um, you know, taking that, understanding that information to make sure that, you know, your delivery is in a good spot and then going out there and, and once you take the mound, you're just out there competing. Now, I, I never got the advantage to pitch with size. My pitching was short guy trying to throw hard. Um, you are a big guy, six seven, right? Yeah. There is something to you utilizing your size on the mound. Right. Because when you when you're out on the mound, you look like you're seven feet tall. Right. How important is that? And for you to realize, I got as you said, 
use the athleticism, but also take advantage of the size and how you're coming down on the hitter. Yeah, and that was that was definitely another thing. Like, if you, I mean, I don't know what we do, but if we looked at a side side by side of last year to how I'm throwing the ball this year, the way my body was rotating was really east west, so it was going this way. This year, it's a lot more north south, yeah. which is, you know, what I've I've always done, and I think it's better than I've ever been. And being able to do that allows me to take advantage of my size because whenever I'm going this way, it's because I'm sinking real low and I'm stepping across and I'm, I'm, I'm moving in a bad direction. But now since I'm just going straight up to straight down, I'm, I'm taking advantage of my size, my strength, my leverage and, and, and letting it rip. Would you say getting married, doing the honeymoon kind of gives you a breather? Cause you, cause I know in the off season, you're thinking every moment, how do I get better? How do I, how do, does it allow you just to like, let go a little bit and just kind of relax and be you. Yeah, no, it was, it was, um, it was interesting. Cause I'm, I'm so routine oriented in the off season. So when it was, Hey, we're going to take 10 days off and go on a beach and you're not going to be able to throw or, you know, you're not gonna be able to train or whatever that took a little bit to, uh, come to grips with just cause I was like, well, if I miss 10 days, but, um, I had the best time and you know, my wife, she's fantastic. So she really helped me with, uh, with, with being able to let go and just relax and enjoy the time there. And, uh, and, and so, yeah, I, I definitely think that was, was nice. And it reinvigorated the the training fire when I got back. Cause I was, I knew I had missed 10 days. And so, um, yeah, no, it was definitely a good t- space to clear your head. You're not thinking about anything else other than just having a good time and drinking pina coladas on the beach. Yeah. You got to clear your head. Yeah. Once again, that whole tinkering and you're always thinking sometimes it's good just to, to let it go. Right. Right. And then with that too, understanding, you know, the, the things I needed to do to change and having those answers and seeing results while I'm working on them, that clears your head as well. Cause you, at first it was like, no matter what I tried, I, nothing was getting any better. So then I was like, okay. And then you just, you keep spiraling, you keep tinkering. But, um, you know, once I figured out, okay, I was, it was these two moves to, uh, you know, working North South and, and keeping my my upper body in line longer it was my vert came back my my changeups better my curveballs sharper my sliders moving better it's it's it all just cleaned up like that and it was like kind of an aha moment of like okay these are the things i need to do this is the only thing i'm focusing on there's nothing else and just being able to do the same drills over and over and over again instead of you know this week i'm gonna do this drill this week i'm gonna do this drill it was i was doing the exact same thing every day from the end of the season until i got here and so I'm going to keep doing it until, you know, this season's over. Every moment you're on the mound, every drill, everything you do, all with the purpose of you being in this rotation this year. 100%. There's nothing else to think about. You, like, to me, once again, I have the belief that you are a frontline guy for us for many years to come. I appreciate that. But I do you, too. Yeah, you got to think it. You got to believe it. You got to own it. And I think this spring, as big as last year's spring, this spring training, man, what a great opportunity this is for you. I completely agree. And, you know, the, the coaching staff's been great in terms of being in communication in the offseason and talk, talking about, you know, what changes I've made and, and being accepting of them and, and, you know, trying to learn as much as they can about some of the things that I've been doing. So I'm excited to kind of get into camp, get in the swing of things, start facing some hitters, and then, you know, see where we go from there yeah i'm excited for you it's gonna be a big spring and uh yeah just 
Remember who you are. You're big. You're athletic. Let it rip, Let man. It rip. The it. rest of us weren't born with you. What, what you got? <laughs> you got what we all wanted. I love it. I love it. Well, I appreciate that. You Thank got you. the stuff to go out and dominate. So hey, thanks for stopping by. We appreciate it. And like I always say, man, I want to be doing this with you for years to come. Me as well. I'm high on him. Still am. And I remember a conversation with Scott Emerson when talking about pitchers and their builds. And there was this generation of pitchers and really was brought on by, like, Tom Seaver, the drop and drive. To, to, to really utilize your back right leg, if you're a right-hander for a left-hander, be your left leg, but the drop where you come down on, on that right leg and push off. Of course, Nolan Ryan really started doing it. Because remember, Nolan Ryan played with? Wait, say that again. Sorry, I'm focusing on camera stuff. That's my bad, but. Are you saying the look of the show is more important than the content? <laughs> uh I think they're equally the same. Wow. <laughs> no. Um, Nolan Ryan played with. Tom Seaver. Oh, yeah. With the Mets. Yeah. They're, yeah. Weren't they drafted the same? Uh, was Seaver drafted the same years? Nolan? So 65? that's the whole. Tom Seaver was the king of drop and drive and power pitching. And that's that 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 for generations did that. Well, you know, when you're really a tall guy. Like Kyle Muller at 6'7", you're not going to be a big drop-and-drive guy. You're going to more fall down the mound. So it's using – don't play smaller, play big. You want to play big as a big man. You don't want to play small. You want to play in all sports. You know, you don't want to play smaller as a guy in basketball. You want to utilize your size, right? You utilize your size as an advantage. So Kyle Muller, as he showed you in the video, and if you're just listening on AceCast, it's just twisting your shoulders side to side versus coming down them. you gotta, you got to envision, if you're just listening on AceCast, you have to envision that the mound is a mountain, and you're coming down the mountain. That's when he's talking about north-south. When you're coming straight down, and you're bringing all of your momentum, and you're coming straight down. Think about it as a hitter. You can just close your eyes and just picture a guy who's 6'7 on the mound. Well, the mound is how many feet up? Now he's now goes from 6'7 to like 6'10, 7 feet. And he's coming down, boring down on you. Uh, Rangers GM Chris Young did not throw very hard, but he was 6'10, former Princeton basketball player. Chris Young was 6'10". He only threw about 88 to 90. But he was so hard to hit because his fastball, the way it came boring down on a hitter, it was tough to barrel. That's what Kyle Muller needs to be. Utilize that size. It's big for you. And I think he can be that guy. We need him to be that guy. We need all these young guys to start to flourish. A lot of the guys that were, I mean, all the young, I mean, all the guys are young. And Mueller's a big guy. He was the opening day starter last year. And a lot of people yeah. probably don't remember that he was the opening day starter last year. And we know we're, we, we're banking on 30 starts from J.P. Sears, which 
He did it last year. We're hoping to do it again. Blackburn hopefully stays healthy for the whole year. You got that. But then it's a lot of unknowns with the younger guys. Luis Medina, uh, Ken Waldachuk when he comes back from his injury, Mahler, uh, Boyle, Estes. There's so many young guys. Mitch Spence, who knows? is he a starter reliever? There's a lot of there's a lot of unknowns, but it's a, it's an exciting time if you're a fan because these guys, hopefully they develop into serviceable starting pitchers because the, the organization does a good job of developing those guys and making them good major league starters. So hopefully Muller, after a rough first year, full f- season in the majors going up and down, figures it out, bounces back, and is a guy we're talking about as well. What a, what a turnaround for, for Kyle Muller. Uh, we can say maybe it's because he got married. There's so many things, different things it could be, but this offseason, we'll, we'll find out in a few days when the season start, the first spring training games on Saturday against Colorado, what changes a lot of these guys have made in the offseason. Yeah, the, the getting away from baseball, being married, relaxing a little bit, and also starting to realize you grow up, right? You, you start to grow up. It's not just all about you. You now have a wife. You now, whether they're living together or not, I don't know, but all of a sudden maybe they've purchased a house together. You start thinking, you know, your priorities start to change, right? And, you know, things start to speed up. It's about now. Like, you know, I'm a professional athlete. I got to make it happen now. Soon, you know, you're going to be want to probably start a family, have kids. I mean, it matures you. He's 26 years old. The time's now. And the young guys, that's what really needs to happen. As much as we've enjoyed, and we'll talk to the veterans about them coming and hopefully giving innings, but ideally the young guys maturing and becoming legit players. Legit guys coming through your system, controllable. And they come up, and you teach them how to pitch, and they learn how to pitch under you, and they become legit players. That stuff can be really exciting, and we need to hear from another one. Coming up next, Joey Estes. Yeah, that's fine. We'll do Joey. Joey Estes is a kid with a ton of potential. For sure, yeah. I mean, he's got stuff. Looked good when he came up last year in the limited time we saw him. Small sample size, as they say. He's got stuff, and he excites me. Like, he excites me like the bravado. He, he's got the confidence. He's got the stuff. Uh, he's young, fearless. And that's why I, I laugh when you, when, you, when you try and say, hey, these are the starting five for the A's. And you're like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Some of these young kids, they come out and throw the ball lights out. I, I, don't, know. I, I don't know how you deny them. Like if Joey Estes comes out and and he's lights out this spring, I you, how do you send him back to Vegas? Yeah, that's I don't think you do, but I guess it'd be a great problem to have for sure. I mean, because like you said, we're not going to have six starting five starting pitchers all year. There's going to be at least you said fifteen, fifteen. But, but ideally, is you want to find a core of three or four that these are the guys taking the majority of the starts for you. Correct. Yes. Young guys that are able to do that and stay healthy, and you know, because you established that with one guy last year in JP Sears. JP Sears gave you 32 starts, which is a big deal. I can't wait to talk to JP Sears, and now that he's had time to reflect on that, I mean, JP Sears was a guy that is he a starter? Is he going to be a long man? Is he going to be that 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 role type guy that can start, come in later in games? I mean. Man, he made 32 starts last year. That's a big deal in baseball these days because most most teams don't have a guy that went 30 starts. Correct, yes. 
Look, so look at the Dodgers. So once again, if you take a couple young guys, you take three, three or four of them. Now you start having a real core for a starting staff. So coming up next, right-hander Joey Estes right here on A's Cast. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. Ace Cast Live continues from A Spring Training. Here's Chris Townsend. Oh, it's great to have you on the program really for the first time with me. We know you've been on Ace Cast Live before with Vince Catronio, but uh how are you? It's great to see you. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Now this is I got to think coming into this spring has got to be electric for you right you you got your taste you got your taste at the carrot Mm -hmm. last year at the big league level tell us what the offseason was like for you offseason was good it was uh just about grinding and trying to you know make that next step for me and uh that's to make this team and um go out and help whatever way i can and hope win some ball games that's that's what it was about now, obviously, you showed us in your start that you got some really good stuff. What was it like getting that opportunity to be at the big league ballpark, to play against big league guys, and to show at an early age that, yeah, I can't compete right now? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's been a dream of mine since I was a kid. Like, I, I've been ready for this moment my whole life. Um, now it's just about me going out there and just having fun with it. And that's all, all it is to me, just trying to have as much fun as I can with this game and bring the best of my ability to the table. I always think it's so great to bring guys up at the end of the year to give you that taste, mm-hmm. to give you that little something for the offseason. Because obviously, as young professional athletes, you're going to train as hard as you can to get to, like, as you said, you've dreamt about this your entire life. Yeah. But to me, there's a little something now that you've been here. Now that you've gotten, as I say, the taste of it, the workouts maybe go a little longer, maybe go a little harder. A- am I right on that, that there was a little more incentives now that you've actually experienced it? Definitely, definitely. There's a there's a big difference. Like, at the end of the year, uh, I, I didn't know I was getting the call or anything. Like, yeah. Not that I was, like, getting ready to pack my stuff at the end, but, like, I was in AAA last week of season, and, like, I was pretty much getting ready to go home after that week. And then next thing you know, I, I get that call, and then it's like I'm I'm there, and and it's just it's just a crazy experience. And now that I got that taste, it's just, I, I I don't know really how to explain it, but it's just that drive that, that I don't know, like that it's a different off season than what I would have had 
previous. You know what I mean? Well, I, I totally understand what you mean because it's your dream. You now know what it's like. Mm -hmm. You didn't fully get it, though. Yeah. You got a little bit of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It makes you want more. It makes you more hungry. And that's why I think it's so important that, that, that guys get that opportunity. You got that opportunity. Now you're coming into spring training. I don't care what anybody says. I think you have as good a chance to make it as anybody. I know we all like to project what a starting five is. To me, there's no such thing as a starting five anymore because the average team is going to use about 13 to 14 pitchers throughout a season. So what's sure. your mindset coming into this camp? Um, just being able to control what I can control. Like, it, it'll be nice to make the team, obviously, but, like, I can only control what I can control. I'm going to go out there and give it my all on everything I got. So that's just my mindset on things and – if it happens, it happens. And then if not, then I, I just got to work harder. When you go into an offseason, everybody evaluates their strengths, their weaknesses. I know we have meetings with you guys to talk about what you need to work on. So when you look at, let's start with a strength, with your strength. How do you work on your strengths? How do you make yourself better at what you really do well in an offseason? Yeah. Um, I mean, for example, everybody's got uh, a fastball. Like if, if I want to just like, make my fastball better just consistently work on my fastball like it's just something that i need to just whatever my focus points are then that's something that i'm going to really deep dive into and and focus hard on and in the off season i really focused uh, a lot on my off speed and um that was just something that i i focused on this, this off season so would you i'm not gonna say that's a weakness but that that was the priority was off yeah this off season that was that was my priority for sure that was just one of my things that I, I wanted to focus on going into that offseason was uh, getting more of a like a swing and miss pitch, um, something that I could spin a little bit better, maybe add a pitch. But yeah. What was the number one thing you worked on off speed wise? Uh, probably my, my sweeper, uh, a little bit on my slider. Um, but yeah, just being being consistent with my fastball a little bit better. Um, I mean, all, all things that everybody pretty much works on. But um, th those were my focus points for sure. Grip wise, how much, do, you know, because us older pitchers, mm -hmm. I, I'm 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 way older than you. And going back <laughs> to my days pitching in college, yeah. we basically looked at a sweeper as a slur, right? It was in yep. between what you would call more like a Frisbee pitch. If you didn't have the 12 six curveball or if you didn't have that tight dot slider, you yep. threw this big slur yeah. right now. It's called a sweeper. It is a little different because it is more vertical. Uh, the, horizontal, horizontal. Hor, more horizontal, yeah. vertical, up down, more horizontal than than the old school, um, you know, big old kind of slider. Yeah. So grip wise, how much different is your is your sweeper than your slider? Uh, my my fingers are just kind of spaced out. There's um, I'm sure a lot of people know like uh, it's it's a pitch called the whirly. If um, if I had a baseball, I'd be able to show you, but it's like a two seam grip and essentially this for your sweeper. Yeah, 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 yeah. and essentially you're just trying to just almost kind of get around it a little bit but i mean talking about the slurve uh i threw that in high school so like it was just like we all throw it at some point that's what i'm, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I'm saying it's yeah. like it, it's just funny because like yeah. that's literally what we used to call it back in the day was a slurve and then now it's kind of transitioning into a sweeper but they're different movements for sure yeah. different profiles so to me, you know, when 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 the sweeper we start, we, the data started tracking the sweeper, and as you mentioned, going it's really a horizontal pitch. Yeah. 
that always kind of scared me because that's the ball that when when things flatten out, mm-hmm. as we all know, when you flatten out a slider, it's the ball that goes the furthest over the. <laughs> it's the one that they Definitely. you know when they say a guy hits at four seventy, usually it's a, it's a hanging slider. Yeah. Now you're trying intentionally trying to flatten out a pitch. What was that like for you when you first started throwing it? Was there any hesitation? Any like, man, if I leave this right over the plate, I mean, this is just—it's batting practice. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, I guess that's essentially for me with with any pitch. You know what I mean? Like, um, if I, I, I mean, just with the sweeper in in general, when you when you get off of a hill, like it, it's gonna have some depth to it. I mean, it's gonna be more horizontal than anything, but like just getting off of a hill, like you're gonna have just naturally you're gonna get depth to it. Um but like if I'm on a flat ground, like just doing like just nice easy catch play, then you'll see like where it's literally like a frisbee where it's just like straight across so just nothing but horizontal. But as soon as you get on the mound, like yesterday through live, like I was throwing my sweepers and instead of them moving like this, their, their profiles were, were moving like this. So um, even though it might have no vert, you're still going to get vert technically like with it, you know, dropping just a little off of by getting off of a hill, you know, when is the point or do you hit that point where you go, I got it. Um, like, like with my pitch. Yeah. Um, that's all. <sighs> everybody's different but i mean for me it it was more of like as soon as you feel that comfortability and you're able to like throw it without having that thought in the back of your head like i hope this doesn't get hit type of thing um then i feel like it's like okay now i i could be dominant with this pitch i could i could throw this pitch for strikes i could strike people out with this like and then it just turns into a confidence thing you know i i what's so different about hitting and pitching is that hitters can take a million hacks in the offseason, yep. right? They can get in the cage every day. They can have the tee. They can do soft toss. They can do all kinds of training that you can only throw so much. Yes. So to the fans, when it's not all about, you know, developing your pitch or refining pitches, working on pitches, what do you do to strengthen yourself? Yeah, I mean, you just you just have a arm care, like, program, like, like um like a throwing routine like you just go out there and be consistent you know and just build up and just get get to the point where like your arm just feels good every day and you're like we do this for a living so we're out there throwing every single day and we're getting our arm built up and working on our pitches every day so um and a lot of lower body yeah yeah absolutely like um there we we do drills all the time where we like hold like um like a 3d strap to our our legs and we'll we'll work on getting in our legs a little bit better but yeah yeah i know you guys gotta work the hell out of your leg a lot of running let me tell you there's a lot of running going on we do we do, we do run a lot we do run a lot for sure well let's end on this i, I love how you said control the controllables you know it's all about what you can do mm-hmm. and it, 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 if that does not happen for you you do know if you go back to Las Vegas, lives in Vegas anyway, but if you go back to Vegas, you know there's a shot. There's a big shot for you next season. That's got to feel – in the back of your mind, that's got to feel pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Or I should say this season. There's a good shot for you this season. I, I was, yeah, I was just about to say that. Like, I feel like I have a great shot, like, this this season just, um, just to even I, – I got a lot of proof, you know. Like, uh, I just want to go out there and be able to – 
contribute whatever I can. And if I go to AAA, then I'm going to go and contribute the best that I can to AAA. And then if I get the call to the big leagues, great. Then I'm going I'm to do whatever I can to win ball games here. But there's a legit chance you make this team out of spring. For sure. Yeah, that's the goal. I'm, I'm here for it. Let's do it. Well, hey, great to have you Thank on. You. And you Thank know you, what? Sir. We want to have you on a lot. For, for years to come. So good luck the rest of the spring. Thank you. Thank you. I like that kid. He's got big game moxie written all over him. I was impressed with him when he came up last year. I mean, I know Vince did his first interview as he talked about, but for the for uh, ace total access, but I liked what he showed, and I think he could be a guy that could be a big part of the staff going forward. I mean, he's young, came over in the uh, Olsen trade, right? Was it Olsen? Yeah with Langoliers, so I think he could be a big part. I mean, maybe that trade starts looking better and better if he can become a more serviceable starting pitcher and start out the year in Oakland. Not a lot of people are expecting that. I don't know that. if the trade's ever going to look. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> you can make it look a little better because <laughs> one guy's already gone. So. Let's be honest. But, yeah, you got to get something out of it, right? Exactly. And, you know, you needed to get multiple things out of it. I, but you move on, right? I mean, it's just you move on. And right now, where I am today, Matt Olson's gone. Yeah. Right? I, I need to find players today to win today. And this kid has got big game moxie written all over him. And if he can be that guy, you find, once again, three or four of these guys, and you got a bunch of them in that clubhouse right now who are all fighting for it, you find that, that's how you turn things around. That, that, that's how you see teams go from being like the Baltimore Orioles who are getting their ass handed to them year after year after year. All of a sudden, wham, they're now the best team in their division. You know, is Kansas City going to be that team in the Central, right? How do the D back? I mean, it's going to be tough for anybody in the West to overtake the Dodgers in 162 games. But the Dodgers are as vulnerable as anybody in a series. Correct, they are. Right? We saw it last year with Arizona in the in the playoffs. Right. So it's 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 you know, for the A's, for us to turn it around because we don't know what Texas is going to look like long term. A lot of injuries right now. And Young now has hurt. And I'm Seager. not I'm not even going over the roster. Yeah. You think there is this economic boom with the World Series, right? That's what we're told. But it's amazing how Texas has a window to repeat, right? Remember their owners were – what their owners were saying and how their off-season off has gone is two different things, right? And a lot of the owners are saying the same thing. The TV, it's, it's very fragile right now. And – it's very obvious that the Texas Rangers and no TV deal has meant no big spending. Well, what about all the money they made in the postseason? I don't know their financials. I just know this. They're not going all in after winning the World Series. Yeah. And it's because of their TV contract. Houston. How long does Houston keep it going? A lot of people think this is the last good year they're going to have, and I'm like, I don't believe that. But because you know, a lot of people are worried about Bregman and you know what's going to happen after this year, but I, I still think they have a couple years left. Houston, at least. I mean, there's so many guys on the team that you know Altuve just resigned. You got Oyordan Alvarez, Tucker. 
Their pitching rotation is pretty good. Their bullpen's really solid. Now they have Hater. I still think they have a couple years left. Although someone put Joe a spot on the hot Hater seat. and Presley. And uh, people love Brian Abreu too. Like yeah. So they they got three guys, but people I forget some. I think it was our buddy Will Leach from MLB.com to like managers on the hot seat. He had Joe a spot on the hot seat. He just got the job. How's yeah. He the, how's he on the hot seat? Got to win. You know, yeah. You know, on, uh, Aaron Boone was on there. Well, I'll tell you what, Aaron Boone's been on there. <laughs> Booney, keep doing what you do. I love Aaron Boone. John Schneider. Does anybody remember us at the winter meetings rooting <laughs> on Aaron Boone? And he's giving us a thumbs up. I, the guy's got the hardest job in the world. Um, God, I just really have this big scratch on my arm. Um, let's be honest. If things don't go well in Houston right out of the gate, you don't think they could fire Espada? With the talent and the expectations of Jim Crane? Mm, I just don't think that they're going to. I mean, then again. Knowing I, what I've learned from Dave Stewart about Jim Crane. You sure about that? You sure that if they don't, they don't perform and they think they've got the talent and this is still their window, you don't think that they – you think he has some crazy deal they can't get out of? No, but I just think it's – I mean, the the Astros struggled for a little bit last year and there was no talk of firing Dusty. Yeah, because it's Dusty Baker. True, but I don't know. It's just – I. You I think there's a long leash with Joe Espada? I think they'll give him at least two years. Really? Yeah. Wow, you're crazy. I mean, the, the most – You're crazy. He has he – has, he, They've got to win now. He's proven nothing. Yeah, he's been their guy. But if things start to go, let's say they go San Diego Padre-ish. Like last year, right? It's going to turn around. The only reason why Melvin, because of his track record, most teams would have got rid of Melvin with the fact by – most teams would have got – I should say this. Most teams would have got rid of the manager at a point in that season because it just wasn't going right. Because it was Bob Melvin, they didn't. Well, let's be so. So, if the Astros go Padre-ish, like last year, where oh, we're gonna wait another month. Oh, we're gonna another month and another month and another month. You think they would go a season where they stumble to around five hundred, and this guy keeps his job? I just don't think he's gonna get fired. But speaking of the Padres, most teams are. I don't think they'll play that bad. No, but if they did, I'm backing my guy Will Leach here. You think if they sputtered throughout the entire year that this guy's lock solid job? I depends on what his contract is. Do you think Jim Crane wants to pay out a guy after? after Dude, they're paying him probably under two million. Probably, you're probably right. They're paying but him what nothing. I was gonna, but you said the normal situation with the Padres, you were the manager. Well, they also the general manager doesn't get to hire seven managers in his fan either if the team's after. I, I, and, you know, what I've learned, I mean, Stu's been pretty connected with the Astros. I, I think everybody there could be replaced immediately. No, there is no right now loyalty in Houston to anybody, whether it's front office or coaching staff. Nobody has loyalty. Jim Crane is not loyal. This group, what it is right now, there's no loyalty. He could replace any of them like that. The only guy he's loyal to right now is Jose Altuve because he got the extension again. That's really about it. I mean, Brantley's going to be up. And, Brantley's uh, gone. I mean, not Brantley. Um, Bregman. Bregman. He's afraid after this year. But front office, he's not paying any of these guys any. For guys, mate, you think a $2 million a year deal means something to Jim Crane? Probably not, but no. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be like the NBA where they, they hired uh, – the Bucks hired a guy and they fired him halfway through the year this year, oh, his first I, year. A spot it could be gone by the All-Star break if they're under 500. Oh. 
I, I just don't see it. Why? Why? Why do you think there's this unbelievable loyalty to this? There's guy? not, but like he's, who they? I mean, were they going to bring in another one of their own guys to take over? They just went to super veteran guy and won. Now you're going to unproven guy who's been in your organization, who has interviewed with a bunch of different teams, and no one's hired him. Yeah, fair. Then again, they went with the super young and experienced. Oh no, he did manage before. No, I say, well, they had AJ Hinch that he managed before he won the Houston job. Don't be shocked. Don't be shocked by some of these teams making quick moves. Especially, I mean, a, a, a veteran-laden team that's got – Houston has to view itself its win now. You'll give me that. Oh, absolutely. So I this is not like, let's let this guy figure it out. That's why if it's, that's why I'm saying if it goes Padre-ish. And then the Mariners, Mariners aren't spending. No. There was a rumor this weekend. They have entertained – our, our guy Ryan Divish put it out there. Mariners have entertained the idea of signing Matt Chapman. I don't know if they'd be able to afford what he wants. Where's all the Chapman lovers? Where's that $200 million contract he was going to get? Matt Chapman's so great. Oh, my God. The A's lowballed him at $150 million. How could they do that? Oh, my God. Matt Chapman, look at the A's. Where's all that money now for Chapman? Free agent. Anyone can have him. 30 teams. If you guys were all so right out there, why doesn't Matt Chapman have a $150 million contract in his hand right now? You're not wrong, and you know you know you know what I keep hearing about him. He's the opposite of Cody Bellinger. He hits the ball hard. Okay, then why Bellinger have such a great year then? Okay, that <laughs> is garbage. Yes, he had the best barrel rate the last after the first month where he hit 372. He hit 206 after that. Yeah. There were months he hit under 200. Matt Chapman was brutal. After the first month, Matt Chapman for the entire season hit 206. So he never hit. But if he did run into it every once in a while, yes, he did hit it hard. That barrel rate thing was ridiculous. Yes. And every and, and smart people called it out going, well, yeah, it's a great barrel rate, but he's hitting 206 for five months. If he's so great and we were so wrong and so cheap, where's the money for him right now? 30 teams can sign him. Why doesn't he have a contract? Spring training game starts Saturday. Yeah. Boris, you don't think you don't think Matt Chapman's sweating it right now? I think all Boris's guys are. But you don't think Yeah, but if I'm Snell, I know I'm gonna get paid. Yeah. Montgomery, Montgomery. I'm gonna get paid. Bellinger, maybe. Bellinger is overpricing himself, but he's gonna get paid. And you're, then JD Martinez, but some a team will want his veteran. He's back. already been paid. Yeah. He's, multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> uh you're Matt Chapman. If I'm Matt Chapman, I'm about to be thirty. I've been waiting for this mega deal that's been promised to me for years. I still don't have it. Is Chapman 29 or is he 30 now? He might be He might be 30 now. Think about that. Matt Chapman's been promised this huge contract all this time. This is finally free agency. The Blue Jay. Blue Jay's had him oh. for two years. Is he'll he be 31? He'll be 31 in April. Oh, my God. <laughs> 31. You guys all had him. You said we were all wrong. Matt Chapman's going to be the greatest third baseman. You got to pay him. What are the A's doing? And he's thirty-one years old. Going to be thirty-one. So give him some. He's going to be thirty-one, and he doesn't have the mega deal. And spring training game starts Saturday. Do you think Boris is still going to go? Well, you know, over in Asia and Japan, and you remember, remember when we asked him? I, 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 I love Matt Chapman as a guy, as a hard-nosed player. I hope he gets it. But if he doesn't give it, if he doesn't get it. 
a lot of people around here has got some crow to eat. Oh, for sure. Especially because uh, what did Dion say? We're, we're going to start being like Dion Sanders. We're taking receipts. Yeah. Uh, well, that didn't really work out well for Dion. Probably, won't, half of the year. probably won't work out well for us either. Yeah. But we're taking receipts. Well, we got Matt Chapman receipts. Yeah, there's plenty. So, because I remember being on this show, this guy going, I, I don't see. You gave him 150 million. I'm glad we didn't give him 150 million. Guy barely hits 200. The only year he hit a ton of bombs is in the juice ball air juice ball year. Yeah, thank where, where, where you, you guys all said he was going to be so great. So the question is, as, as my man uh, Brad Pitt said, Moneyball, if he's such a great hitter, why doesn't he hit? If he's such a great player, where's that big contract? Yeah, exactly. All right, coming up next, he's one of the best stories in baseball, local guy, done well. He's achieved, and he's conquered so much. A lot has been off the field. We've already done that with him. We're going to talk about his offseason. Now growing into a pitcher from once being a position player and a guy who's going to play a critical part in the bullpen. Lucas Ursig joins us next right here on A. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Cast Live. Streaming from A Spring Training, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Lucas Ersig, how are you, my friend? Doing well. Enjoying another beautiful morning out here in uh, Hohokam. Now, I, I, I'll ask a lot of people, like, what they do in the offseason. I kind of know what you did in the offseason because you and I did an event this offseason. That's right. Yeah, yeah. The Santa Clara County Baseball Banquet honored you as the Bay Area Major League Pitcher of the Year. Was I, I, I know uh, Nico Horner from the Cubs got it for the position player. You got it for... Being the hometown kid, yeah, having yeah. a good year. What did that mean to you? Uh, I mean, super special. I uh, couldn't imagine in in a hundred years that you know I'd be back at something like that. I remember going to it. You know, I think we we saw on the uh, in the pamphlet in 2017. I couldn't remember exactly what year, um, but never in like I said, never in a hundred years would I've imagined ever being back there, being honored there. Um, I mean, it was just really cool to uh, you know baseball is a small world. And, you know, for me specifically, it, it came full circle, you know, growing up in the Bay area and, and, you know, growing up an A's fan, it was just, uh, I don't know. It was a lot of emotions up there while I gave my speech, just thanking all, all of my uh, friends and family and, and coaching staff, my agency and, and, um, you know, just, um, feeling so, um, relieved in terms of, you know, all that hard work that I put in it, it, it finally, um, I finally got something out of it. And uh, although I get something out of it every day, you know, that's the the status quo. But um, it was just uh, it was a really cool experience. A wild ride. Yeah. You've yeah, had a okay. wild ride. Yeah. Was there a point this offseason where you're able to kind of take a breath and go, wow, 
<laughs> Absolutely, yeah. No, every every morning, I, like I said, I'm 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 back here, and and the you know the the off season kind of flew by, and you know, um, I still can't believe what what happened last year, and 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 it kind of drove me this off season to really you know focus on the on the little things and make sure that that um, I'm putting my myself in the right position to succeed every single day, and um, you know, being consistent is probably the most important part of of my improvement um or what i was trying to improve on and you know um it's going to be an exciting year yeah i i'm really looking forward to your journey as a person as a player and i try to remind people if there was a couple outings where you struggled and you know some fans would call him the post game show i'm like he's still learning how to do what he's doing it's not like it's not like this guy has been pitching professionally. I mean, wasn't that long ago he was trying to hit bombs in AAA. I mean, you're still learning. So, like, what's interesting about this year is now you got more of an idea. Like, every single outing, every single time you do it, you get to know how to do it a little bit better. So, last year was kind of like, you know, you were, you were trying to figure it out. Yeah. This year, you know more of the fight you're getting into. Hundred percent, and I think I think the biggest thing I learned last year was was learning how to separate each outing into its own individual folder or whatever you want to you know put this outing in this one and this one and this one whether it was good or bad, they all had to separate from themselves because they're not all the outings are going to have the same situation, the same batters that you're facing. Um, you know, it was it was hard to understand at first but I think the more I kind of just focused on keeping the outing separated and focusing on the present one um, I allowed myself to just be present in that moment and not kind of have those worries in the back of my mind ah you know well my two seam isn't I'm not locating my two seam well enough you know it keeps moving you know I'm throwing it arm side arm side arm side I can't you know I can't throw it anymore well um, you know it's it's you're definitely going to have your ups and downs. And, and I think uh, that's part of the game. Um, it's just a matter of being present and focusing on the next pitch. And the thing that you learned is the better you play, the more high leverage situations you start getting to get put into. So now you've got that under your belt, right? So now you've been able to, to be in those situations where you're coming in, where you're trying to win the game. You're just not coming in to fill innings. You're coming in to win the game. hundred percent. Yeah. If, if that's, if that's the job they have for me, then it's the job I'm going to, you know, do my best to succeed at what, you know, the, the situation obviously changes, but for the most part, it's, it's, it's all the same. You're just throwing the ball over the plate and, and, you know, doing it with intent and, you know, being a dog up there and, that's the that's the most important thing. Take us through the difference of something happens, doesn't go your way, and you got to move on. Because I've always looked at, at at relievers like cornerbacks in the NFL. You're going to get burnt in the NFL. You're going to yeah. get you're going to get hit as a pitcher in big league baseball. But you got to be ready to step up the next day. Well, you've experienced it as a hitter and as a pitcher. Which one's easier to bounce back from, like an 0 for 4 with three Ks, go get them ah. the next day? Or is it a pitcher, ah, you gave up some runs, you're coming to the yard the next day, you got to get people out. Which one do you think has been easier for you to rebound from, hitter or pitcher? Uh, I'd, I'd say, you know, bouncing back from, from outings as a pitcher would yeah. be easier to kind of overcome because you're not going out there every single day. Um, 
I also think when when I was a hitter, I I I developed, but I was still young and I was still kind of stubborn in in my ways. I didn't I didn't focus on the process um, and understand that. Um, so I would I would get myself in trouble as a hitter, you know, bringing those those over four days into the next game. Whereas, you know, it's a little bit more difficult to to kind of look up at the scoreboard and and know that you gave up a couple of runs the the night before a couple day or a couple nights before but i think um it's a little bit easier to bounce back being a pitcher because like i said it's easier to separate the outings um as i mean as far as i kind of learned from so yeah how much from a pitching standpoint you being a former hitter does that help you get hitters out yeah yeah no it 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 definitely goes both ways i think um when i first started uh, pitching again i i don't re i didn't remember it being as as hard as it was um yeah because you were young you just blew everybody yeah, just, away yeah threw, <laughs> throw, throw it hard over the plate and you know you you could easily find some success but yeah. you know uh yeah when i when i started pitching again i was like man these guys are taking good pitches i don't know you know how are they doing that because you know for even when I remembered when I was a hitter, when I took really good pitches, it wasn't because I was, you know, like that locked in. It was because I I was either late to get to my my spot or, you know, he just beat me and it so happened to be a ball. So it's kind of a, it was kind of a learning curve for me because um, I wanted to make sure that when I was pitching, I – Shoot, I lost the the train of thought. What was the question again? How your pit being a former hitter, you're a pitcher now. How that makes you better because you were a former. Oh, that's right. Okay, yeah. So your your former hitting helps your pitching. Right. So I had to keep it simple as a pitcher and not kind of think while I was on the mound. Like, okay, maybe I, you know, if I throw him two fastballs here, you know, he's probably gonna guess that I'm throwing something else besides a fastball. So then I end up throwing a changeup, but the scattering report says that hitter can't really hit fastballs up and in. So I'm kind of going away from the scattering report and doing that kind of guessing game that I did as a hitter. Um, so in ways it kind of got in the way, but you know, the more the more outings I have under my belt and the more I I kind of just experience, you know, um, on the daily, you know, what hitters do and you know how to how to read hitters um, in the midst of an at bat. Um, goes a long way so at the end of the day I just try and follow the scattering report and kind of work with my my catchers to see if there's anything that we you know can see um, throughout the at bat that we can kind of take advantage of what excites you going into this spring just being being around these guys man there's a lot of young young talent you know and and I I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm a I'm a a veteran by any means because I'm not but I, I definitely age wise you are well yeah you've yeah. been around yeah I've been I've, I've been around a little bit you, you know, have I, a tale to tell yeah I've, <laughs> I've been around pro ball a lot a lot but um it's just really it's it's really refreshing to to be around the guys again and and really see the excitement that you know we all collectively have um you know when spring training games start up you know everyone's excited and I think everyone's excited to uh you know prove a point that last year was not what's going to entail this year to be, you know what I mean? Like we're, we're coming out with a little bit of a 
FU, and I can feel that already in the clubhouse. And, I love it, and <laughs> I love. We're it. excited. We we're can't excited. do we can't do that again. I don't see it. And what's great about talking to you about this because you being a Bay Area guy, you understand all the outside noise. A lot of these guys are not, you know. I mean, obviously the whole thing with moving and that the relocation and all that kind of stuff. To a lot of the guys, they don't know they're they're, they're here to win a job. You understand all the noise and everything that's going on. And because of all that noise, people don't realize there's talent in there. There is real talent in there. You've seen it. Talk about what you've seen. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I remember watching a documentary on HBO a couple of years ago called the battered bastards of baseball. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Yes, you are. Okay. Um, but I remember watching that, that documentary It was just a bunch of, I'm not going to call these guys, you know, just random guys, but in a sense, that's what it feels like the baseball world is painting us as. Correct. And I mean, if you go watch that documentary, it's a bunch of guys that, you know, didn't really care for all the theatrics and all the, this and this it's, it, it was truly just about going out there and, and having that camaraderie with your teammates and, and having fun doing something that you want to do. And that's, play baseball uh i see it a lot throughout this clubhouse and and uh, like i said the 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 energy in there is is it gives me chills just thinking about it you know what i mean because i i can tell every single person in that clubhouse is ready to show the world that we're not the same team that we were last year ross stripling said it i think it was that two days ago i think he said it where he goes, reminds him when he was in the Blue Jays clubhouse years ago, and it's a young Bichette, Guerrero, mm-hmm. and Biggio. He goes, this reminds me of that. So it's like, it's kind of, like, there's going to be a lot of the outside noise about stuff that has nothing to do with actually playing baseball on the field. And that's fine. Cause it's like, I'm not going to be shocked if you guys come out and, and really actually shock I won't be shocked if you shock the baseball world this year and win, and win a lot more games than people. Hundred percent. Yeah, we. I think we all hold each other to a to a high standard, and that and that comes straight from Kotze. And he said it in the meeting. He's like, I'm not gonna sit here and you know take what we took last year. We're 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 going to make changes, and we're going to you know kind of prove people wrong. Like I keep saying, it's 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 all a matter of time. So going into this season, what do you want to do a little bit better? What when you, you know, we were just laughing about Kyle Muller getting married and just getting away from baseball a little yeah. bit. So this offseason, what were you like? You know, this is what I need to focus on. This is how I'm going to get better. I just got to be in the zone. Like I have to, and I and I did a, I I think a good job this offseason of of trying to be just efficient down the mound, not go at 105% trying to just blow doors down. Um, I need to get ahead of hitters and I need to, you know, stay on the gas pedal instead of pitch. Like I'm pitching on defense. I'm pitching like I'm on offense and I'm attacking you. You're not the, you're not the guy with, with the advantage, right? I'm the guy with the baseball. So let's make my job easier by just staying in the zone and knowing that I have good enough stuff to get you out. Well, a Bay Area kid who's done real well for himself. And let me tell you something. You're an inspiration to a lot of people. And, yes, you are a veteran. You've been around this game. You can help people in so 
many different in so many different ways on the field off the field it's great to have you it was great to do that uh, banquet with you uh in the off season congratulations on that award it was well deserved but this year's gonna even be better for you 100 100 percent. i don't like i said i you know we all hold each other to ex- high expectations and and that's myself included so it's gonna be a good year and i'm i'm like i said i can't wait well so Go Thank out and get much. them. It's going to be a lot of fun. 100%. Yeah, it's going to be great. Lucas Ersig right here on A's cast. Love it. Absolutely love it. And, you you know, if you had a little quiet time with Mark Kotze and you said, you know, there was a time you were throwing him in some really high leverage situations. You don't really have a ton of high leverage situations when you win 50 games. But. The A's started winning some more. And just like we talked to Kyle, Kyle Muller about being thrusted into the opening day starter, he had to, I mean, Mark Kotze was desperate. He needed, who's throwing the ball somewhat well? I need to pitch you when it matters. And that became Luce, Lucas Ursic. And you now asked a guy who's learning how to, I mean, he's a thrower, right? He was a position player in AAA had pretty good power, decided to become a pitcher. He's learning the craft of pitching again. So, really, he's a thrower, not a pitcher. And he starts having success because he's got an electric arm. And what do you do? Well, I'm desperate. I need to start throwing him in high-leverage situations. I bet if you – like I said, you you got Mark Kotze in a – sitting around having a meal together and, you know, shooting the bull, I bet he'd admit probably that wasn't the best for Lucas Ursig at that time. But Kotz was desperate. He was trying to win games. But once again, it's okay to get your you-know-what handed to you. There's no doubt Lucas Ursig learned from last year. Should make him better this year. And, oh, yeah, can pump it 100 miles an hour. What, what, what have we said so many times in the past that, you know, why don't the A's have power arms in the bullpen? Well, Lucas Ursig gives you one of those power arms. And now, because he pitched in high-leverage situations, and he had some success, and he had some failures, listening to him, it looks like he's grown. And I think that is something, it's really hard for people to accept that until they see it. It's really hard, especially, and this is where you, you, it's always tough to, to, to blame media types, whether it's writers or broadcasters. or It's very tough for people who haven't played a whole lot of sports. It's very tough for them to see how you really learn from ultimate failure. Because in sports, we're so used to falling in love with the guy that really doesn't have that much failure. Those are the, those are really for the most part, the stars and that's who gets all the glory. That's who you do advertising campaigns around. They become the celebrities. Things have changed now with social media. They become social media darlings. Those people don't really have all that much. I mean, to take one of the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan. 
Michael Jordan really never had a hiccup other than early in his career when he broke his ankle with the Chicago Bulls. Jordan won a national championship at North Carolina, was a star in college, was a star in the NBA. He's making Gatorade commercials. Nike, he ends up choosing Nike. Nike was basically a, a shoe company that did running shoes. We know the rest is history. I mean, that's what you're used to. There really wasn't that. I mean, was there? I mean, yes, he left when his father passed away, came to play. Wasn't a gambling scandal. Why he suddenly yeah, retired, yeah. played baseball, and then after a certain time came rushing right back to basketball, yeah. but whatever. But from a standpoint as an athlete, Michael Jordan really didn't have you – know, a lot of these guys, you don't have those struggles, right? Peyton Manning never really had the struggles. No, he didn't. I mean, besides his first year, that that's was it. Not, yeah. that's, that's, that's his rookie season. We're talking about what Lucas Ersig has yeah. had to go through in his life. Yeah, nothing – so we get so that's why it's really hard for people to look into this clubhouse and project what's going to happen because they just see ah oh, 50 wins these are no name guys they suck they got no chance and you're like it's not how sports works every athlete needs an opportunity do you seize the moment or not and so it's hard for people to 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 grasp that yeah sometimes there's got to be ultimate failure for you to learn to really get better. Tiger Woods didn't have ultimate failure on the golf course. Jack Nicklaus, like I could go whatever sport you want to go, right? You look at all the great tennis players. They they were great from the time they were teens until their late 20s and they retire, or even in their early 30s. They don't face a lot of failure. Baseball is a game of failure. Most players, no matter how good they are, are going to fail and at some point fail dramatically. Can the guys from last year capitalize on learning from that and using those learning experiences into this year, which culminates in coming together as a group with young talent and start seriously winning games? Is it possible? You're damn right it is. 100%. I mean, there's a lot, of, like we mentioned, there's a lot of young guys in the clubhouse. And it's, it's good to see, like, all the ace teams prior with and the under the David Forrest, Billy Bean regime have been young teams that have kind of grown together. I mean, I know the t 2012 team was kind of piecemeal together, but they grew together. Way piecemeal yeah. together. <laughs> but, but, like, you go forward a couple years and you look at, like, the, the teams with Chapman, Olsen, and Simeon, they were all homegrown guys that, or guys they brought up through the system, and they all started learning, to, or learning and winning together. That's what we're hoping can happen th th right now with the guys like Geloff, Sodershum, Butler, you know, Mason Miller, Kyle Mahler. Uh, J.P. Sears, the guys that are in the system, and hopefully that blossoms into something great for Mark Kotze in the front office and the organization that the A's are back on track because we don't stay down forever. I mean, you want to look at the data. I have the data in front of me. For the last 25 years, a team has been good for several years, bad for for a couple, then back good again for four or five years. The it, data, a, I mean, the numbers are there. It's the got a, Emo says it. The data doesn't lie. The data is there. We don't stay bad forever, but everybody wants to act like we will. That's the national narrative. The national narrative is always so, going to be bad, going to be bad, going to be bad. Then all of a sudden the A's get good and everybody's shocked. And you're like, yeah, yeah. you're shocked again? Like how many times does this have to have to happen before you're not shocked anymore? It's fine. That's why we're here because we'll cover it because they won't. Once again, the only thing, the only coverage that this – 
organization's going to get is is the outside noise. The athletes, this is where to, to actually get baseball coverage and to cover the actual players, the sport itself, you come to A's cast and you come to A's cast live. I mean, that's just that that that's just how it works. And you just wonder, you know, who's the next Scott Casimir? Who's the next Bartolo Colon? Who's the next veteran guy that comes in here? And hopefully at some point we'll talk to Ross Stripling because obviously he's not happy about, you know, signed to be with the Giants and thought he'd be with the team and be competitive and all this and back problems that just didn't work out for him. You know, is he the next guy? Is Alex Wood. Alex Wood, you know, it's been a while since he's had a really good year. That was with the Dodgers, a couple years with the Dodgers. Can he show up and be back to a guy that throws 150-plus innings? That'd be great for the organization to be able to get that out of him because he was a guy that was good for the Dodgers, decent for the Giants as well. And then he was a free agent, comes here. He wanted to stay in the Bay Area, and you got his teammate Ross Stripling here. Those are two veteran guys. Hopefully one of them guys could just be, you know, or if not both serviceable guys, ERA under four. They got underused in San Francisco. Well, I mean, a lot of their starting pitchers did. I can't <laughs> speak to all of them. I can just talk about the guys that are yeah. here. They got underused. Well, now is your opportunity as both these guys – One's 33, the other's 34, 33, 34. They're both like 33, 34. Yeah, they're both in there close to being in their mid-30s. You're about to hit mid-30s, man. This is is the time to get it back. Like I say, to be a Bartolo Colon, a Corey Lytle, a Scott Kazmir, a guy that you don't think is going to be a guy that's going to do much. Rich Hill. And then, well, well, both Colon and Rich Hill were old. But I'm saying, (laughs) you, you get what I'm saying. Casimir's a great example. Yes, I mean, yes. these guys didn't fall to where Casimir was with the Sugarland Skeeters and Independent Ball. But it's like, here's veteran guys with your chance to prove you still got it. Uh, and I'm looking forward. Like, adding those two guys, I think, brings a lot of um, veteran presence and leadership into that pitching. And, and not just the clubhouse, but for the young pitching staff, they have some guys they can lean on who've been starters in the major leagues. And guys that pitched in bulk and, re- and relief outing. So that Mason Miller can talk to guys like Stripling and what who pitched, out of re- pitched in relief. Well, that's that's Lucas Ursig could be so key this year from the standpoint of we know Mason Miller is not a guy that every single time you got a save opportunity, he's going to be ready to go. For sure, yeah. That's just not the way it's going to work. He's going to be babied into this. You need another power arm. So not only can Lu- Lucas Ursig serve as a – uh, really can pitch in any high leverage situation from the sixth inning on, but he he'll also be able to be a guy that on days Mason Miller can't go, he potentially could close for sure. And there's the additions of a guy, a veteran guy like Trevor God as well, could be a guy that make get some saves. He gets yeah. he's, he's had some cl- uh, closing experience. So there's a lot of open spots on this uh, roster, and that's why spring training is so so interesting. And we're only a couple days away from the first game on Saturday. Yeah, God is so interesting because I was looking at his numbers last night. You think I'd have more important things to do, but I don't. Um, his numbers last year, look how even this is. Thirty. So he pitched 30 games in Seattle and 34 games in New York. He went 29 innings in Seattle and 29 innings in New York. So he basically had the same amount of workload from the – from. Uh, from Seattle to New York. By the way, Mason Miller's coming right now. So, we can talk to him about being a closer. All right. So, all right, well, let, me get, let me get it set up for him. I love it. 
We are on the field. So, yeah, we were going to end the show because we know we're going to tape guys a little bit later. But Mason Miller is going to come out right now and uh, get it rocking. Get your jacket off, Cody. Let's go. All right, big man, right here. I think the last time we talked to you was in the treehouse, right? Was in the treehouse? Yeah, I think we were chopping it up there. Yeah, the treehouse. last year. We were talking about you as a starter, talking about everything about how you've grown, you know, talking about the change for you and your health and talking about, you know, dealing with diabetes and everything, and all of a sudden how now the fastball came and the weight came and everything changed. And now we're opening up as – here is your new closer, Mason Miller. How, <laughs> well, how, what a change just from the bullpen starter this offseason. What's it been like for you? You know, I mean, it's an adjustment for sure. I think just the way you prepare changes. But, you know, I look forward to having the opportunity to earn that role and, you know, pitch there hopefully for a couple of years. Well, you got the stuff. There's no doubt about that. But starting's been your main thing. So talk about – how did you learn about this change? When did you have to start realizing this was something you were going to have to get ready for? I mean, it was something we we discussed last year, obviously, after the, the elbow injury. Yeah. Um, and coming back, I pitched in shorter stints. Uh, that was kind of more like a hybrid role. I mean, I opened a couple games. But Kotz, Kotz gave me a call pretty close to the end of the season, um, you know, early October, I believe it was, and said this is the way we were going to look at next year. And that's how they wanted me to prepare for the offseason and getting back out here in camp. So bought into that, and we're back here. We're ready to roll. So then what was the difference for you this offseason preparing at – well, I mean, you've been dealing with a lot of just trying to be healthy, but if it was just a comparison, what was it like, the difference, if you were going to be a full-time starter versus a guy coming out of the bullpen? What's the difference? I mean, the closer you get to the, the end of the offseason, you know, the starters start thinking about building up a little bit, getting out here. Um, I mean, our guys that are starting are throwing two-inning lives. Um, I obviously don't need to be ready to do that um, at this point. So, you know, as far as training goes, it's pretty similar, uh, staying on top of everything you need to. But uh, as we get closer, just kind of shifting that mentality to being available to pitch more days than not and getting the body in a place where it's able to bounce back, feel good quicker, um, knowing that you don't have like a, a five-day turn before you're going to pitch again. How does it feel to be coming in where we're just talking about pitching? I love it. I mean, <laughs> that's what I've been wishing for for a while, you know. Just right? I haven't just, asked you about your arm. Yeah. No one's asked because that's really how every interview that you've conducted for a long time has just always been about your health. Now we can actually talk about throwing the baseball and getting people out. Yeah, it's it's awesome to have that clean slate, you know, and be able to attack a year from a, a standpoint of health. Um, you know, and the plan is to carry that through all the way through October, so. Uh, that's where we're at right now, and I'm excited about it. Have Have you thought about the, you know, because the, the final inning of a game, as much as the analytics people want to say high leverage, anyway, there is something about the finality. This is it. Anytime it's the final final of anything that we do in sports, hell, the final thing of a movie, of a play, it's the dramatic, it's the inning. Have you thought about that on a consistent basis, coming out, and this is it, the last three, and the the stadium's rocking, things like Have you thought about that? I mean, as a starter, that's what, you wanted to pitch a complete game. You wanted to be out there for the end of the game, you know, to get that, record the final out, you know. Um, nowadays. They would never, they wouldn't even let you do that when you had a no-hitter going. <laughs> well, <laughs> we were trying to keep me healthy, and obviously that, that ended up not helping out anyways. But, you know, 
being able to work towards that and being able to be the guy on the mound with the ball at the end of the game, have that moment and, uh, you know, celebrate with the guys after you bring it home. You know, that's that's something I relish and the opportunity is, is open right now. I mean, we got several guys that can and will pitch late in games and I'm excited to be one of those guys. So obviously this is something that that's relatively new. So it's but I just have some questions about it um, because obviously you're now not going you're the objective is now not to go through a lineup three times or if you want to finish a game four times. Mm-hmm. Now you got to get three outs. Have you thought repertoire? Because sometimes it's it's fastball and then whatever you feel is the best swing and miss pitch. Have you thought about your arsenal, how things could change a little bit? I mean, I think I'm fortunate that my stuff plays to righties and lefties really well. I think that's one of the reasons why I'm kind of looked at as an option at that back end. Um, so I, I think – just pitching for those three outs, you know, regardless who's in the box, you know, you don't really play matchups quite as much. I mean, you can pitch around a guy, but, you know, I'm excited to, you know, I'm coming in. I know I got these three, four guys maybe, and, you know, I'm going to dominate the zone. I'm going to dominate, you know, whoever's in the box. I love it because I got to tell you, all the different publications, all the magazines, there you are, man. I mean, everybody's talking about you. What's that? What's that been like in the off season? To where once again we're talking about pitching and every everybody everybody's excited to see you on the mound on a consistent basis. I mean, I share that excitement. You know, <laughs> after last year, you know, I just want to be out there. Um, you know, spending time with the guys up there in Oakland is awesome. But you know, I want to be a part of that. What we're doing on the field. Um, you know, I, I kind of relish the off season too because you kind of get to take a step back from everything, get a little bit of perspective. You know, see a lot of people that have had you know, an impact on you through your time coming up, um, coaches, friends, teammates, all that. So I think it gives great perspective in the offseason, you know, just realizing how far you've come and, you know, kind of the moment and the opportunity that you have. And, you know, that that's motivating to me. Um, you know, I think that is for, for most guys, honestly. Do you get the sense, and I love this, it's you guys against the world. Do you guys get that sense at all in that clubhouse? I think, yeah, I mean, the way we play, that's the only thing we can control. Um, you know, we got a great group of guys that, you know, want to play for each other and we want to win. Um, you know, it's, we're, we're prideful guys too. You know, it's not it's not something that we, we like to do to go out there and have a season like we did last year. Um, you know, I think that motivates everybody to, you know, try to kick it into that extra gear, compete, compete with each other, compete against, you know, whoever we're on the field against. Um, you know, I think there's a sense of pride and, you know, the players we are, what we can do, um, and now it's just showing everybody else that on a consistent basis. Yeah, because I opened the show like, can't do that again. I mean, l- last year was awful. That's just – that can't ha- – everybody – I mean, everybody from the front office to the coaching staff to the players, it's got to be – everybody's pulling on the same rope. You can't go back to that. It's got to be better. And, you know, you can speak to this as much as everybody because you've come up with some of these guys. There's There's some legit talent in that clubhouse. There is. There is. And I'm, I'm excited for the, the year ahead. You know, we got a lot of our guys are, are here now. Um, you know, there's going to be going to be development and there's going to be learning experiences. And I think a lot of guys went through that last year, myself included. Um, and to be able to come into this year, um, you know, with a, a clear roadmap of like what what didn't work for us last year as players and as a team. And, you know, how are we going to attack spring training? And as we head into the year, you know, what, what are we going to do to, you know, change that? Because, like you said, no, none of us want to experience that again. No, not at all. And what do you think you learned from your, your, your stretch 
and he had some really great moments, or sometimes you didn't have great moments. What what, what was the biggest thing you do you think you learned last year about getting your taste of the big leagues? I'm just chasing consistency. Um, you know, I, I had those highs for sure, um, and I love those moments. And, you know, they keep you hungry. They keep you coming back. Uh, but when you hit those those outings or those starts that, that don't go quite as well or, you know, you spend a couple of days preparing for it, you know, you do everything the way you wanted to, and then it just doesn't doesn't pan out the way you envisioned it on the field. You know, it's having the ability to, to flush that and know that the next game is the only one you can control after that game. So, um, you know, just being – being present, being in the moment, you know, controlling your attitude when you walk in the door, um, and being a good teammate regardless of how things are for you. How much do you think about that night that you had the no-no going? <laughs> not, 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 not that much anymore, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I going down with the injury so soon after it, it's kind of – Well, I'm not worried about, about not finishing it. Just yeah. that night on how well you – I mean, you were just mowing. Yeah. I mean, you had you had electric, you had no-hit stuff. Do you, do you – do you relive it? Do you think about it? Because that's you at your best. Yeah, that's something to pride myself on for sure. Um, it's something I look back on. It's like I ever have a moment of doubt or a moment where it's like, you know, you know, am I the right guy for this spot? It's like, yeah, I have the ability to do it. I have done it, and, you know, I'm going to do it again. And that that attitude's everything. Have you guys start to look at maybe a nucleus of a bullpen? We've had Lucas Ersig on earlier. I mean, if you start, I mean, a bullpen takes shape, obviously, but there's certain guys because there ends up being that special bond with the bullpen because you guys spend so much time with each other. You're down there all game. You're not going to, you're probably not used to it yet, but you spend all game. You talk about more garbage than anything <laughs> is there you guys because you'll start working out together you get you guys start to get that feeling of a bullpen yeah I mean I think as a whole we're we're a tight-knit unit um you know I'm excited to have the opportunity to learn from Trevor and Scott you know some older guys that have seen it yeah. done it been a part of some good teams and you know I'm excited for what what they're going to bring for us and to be a part of that you know that group that's that's elevating each other and you know, it's it's not so much who's getting the ball in this inning. It's you know we got a group of guys where it's like we can feel confident. Like, you know, I want to fight for this guy. I'm going to keep if he come in after him. It's like I'm going to keep his runs. Like I'm going to keep those off the board. Um, and I, I'm excited to be a part of a group like that. That's something I haven't done yet. All right, let's end on this. How powerful was the opening speech by Mark Kotze and the way he talked about Brent Rooker? It was awesome. I mean, Cots makes you want to run through a wall for sure. And I know that <laughs> if it was up to him, I think he'd still be playing. You know, he's he's got that mentality. He's got that player's mentality, and that's that's somebody you want to play for. Um, you know, and I think Rooker embodies that well too. Um, seeing his story last year and how everything unfolded, um, you know, through the beginning of the year, middle of the year, where he he struggled a little bit and finishing on a high note. Um, you know, that's a guy that that you want on your team. You know, that's a that's an awesome guy that leads by example. Um, you know, brings his best foot best foot forward no matter how he's playing um and you know that's a leader for us and we need that well the last couple of years you've just been a guy that's about being a prospect they now got you as a guy that's coming in to perform mm -hmm. i'm excited for you i think this could be i maybe in the future you go back to starting but this could be a role that could could put you put you into a whole new level in our game. I mean, this could be something that suits you and uh, turns you into a quick superstar pretty quick. Absolutely. I'm ready to embrace it. So Let's get it going. Appreciate I'm excited for yeah. you. Absolutely. Do you want me to break? So we're going to break, but uh, enjoy. Go out there and, and take it to them, and we'll see you back in Oakland. Awesome. Appreciate it, Chris. We got more coming up next right here on A's Cast Live. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Streaming from A Spring Training, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Hey, I'll tell you, when we got done with that interview, had a little chat with him, and I told him, said, you could be like Jason Isringhausen. Jason Isringhausen was a guy that, look up how much money he made. Uh, Okay, hold on. Jason Isringhausen was one of those big three. It was Paul Wilson, Pulsiver. What was Pulsiver's first name? What were they called? Generation X or something? Phil Pulsiver. Generation Z. We got the Mets guy. He should know. Hey, hey, Mets fan. It was Pulsiver, Wilson, and Isringhausen were their big three. And, you know, pitching with the Mets, Mets have never had an MVP, but they've had Cy Young Awards. Do you know that? The Mets have never had an MVP, but they've had Cy Young. So then the next big three, well, then they had DeGrom and Syndergaard. I don't know who the other guy was. 56 million, almost 57 million. Okay, so Isringhausen, what was the name? Mets? Generation K. Generation K. How cheesy is that? So Isringhausen, none of them could stay healthy. Isringhausen couldn't stay healthy. Billy Bean trades for him, makes him a closer. We just had Jason Isringhausen on. Was it last year or the year before? I think it was the year before. He was going into the Cardinals Hall of Fame. He made $56 million, all because he stopped trying to be a starter and went to be a closer. I brought that up to Mason Miller. I don't even know if Mason Miller knows who Jason Isringhausen is now that I think about it. He might. Maybe. He might have been born on his house. I just said you could be like Jason Isringhausen, have a great career, make a lot of money. I think I think Isringhausen was big, and but his first big was two thousand, and I think that's what Mason Miller was born. <laughs> wow! <laughs> uh, just I know. <laughs> what year did we trade for him? Uh, he was. By the way, I think I think I was on KMBR. I had Billy Bean. This is how old. This is how long Billy Bean and I go back. I had Billy Bean on KMBR. It was a Saturday night, the night that he traded for. Uh, Isringhausen, and I had his first year was 2000. So his first year with the A's, Mason Miller, I think. Yeah, I was still at KMBR at the time. Let me let me make sure. I interviewed Billy Bean on KMBR because no one used to bring Billy Bean on. I used to have Billy Bean, I had Billy Bean on after the Isringhausen trade. Sorry, Mason Miller's born in I thought it was 2000, 1998. So he would have been two years old when yeah. Isringhausen was in. I'll it. never forget that we had Bean on. I remember I I texted him, Hey, you got to come on and talk about this trade because who, who you think people used to have Bean on when. Before money, well before a playoff appearance, well before Moneyball, no one give a no. crap about Billy Bean. Um, Thank you, Billy Bean. That's that's who Mason Miller could be. And we just had a brief conversation during the commercial break where I was like, "Yeah, you could be Jason Isringhausen. Got to be excited, man. You're going to be able to pitch, pitch a lot. You could be in the All Star game." You're a closer. Mason Miller goes out. Mason Miller could literally go out fastball slider combination. And, I mean, I don't know how many save opportunities. Let's just call it 30 saves. 
Mason Miller could be representing the athletics in Texas at the All-Star Game. It could be the start of multiple All-Star Game appearances. Next thing you know, throughout his career, he makes X amount of millions of dollars, takes care of his family for years. He may have a better chance of doing that than being a guy that every single time that he goes – let me tell you what a Mason Miller starts like. <gasps> Is he okay? Did we take him out? Is his elbow – can I look now? Can I look? That's a Mason Miller start. Guy to no hitter going, and it was freak out city. Like, literally, I don't know what your value is if you go five innings every six days. What really is your value? If you look at the percentage of, okay, look at the amount of innings, look how much you played in, it's such a low percentage, how valuable are you? People want to know in other sports, how many snaps do you play? How many minutes are you on the floor? How many minutes are you on the ice? Baseball, how many at-bats are you getting? How many innings are you giving me? Well, if I have X amount of innings and you barely pitch any, I don't know how valuable you are. And they keep selling us all the time. Well, we just want to be healthy for the postseason. Well, how many of these guys end up even being healthy for the postseason? Or do you actually somehow, like two years ago, Scherzer, DeGrom, Mets, if we could just have them healthy for the postseason, oh, they were healthy and they got bounced by the Padres at home. Yeah. So it's like, uh, we're saving everybody for what? Mason Miller could have an opportunity to pitch in a lot of games and a lot of meaningful games and have a great career and make a lot of money for himself being a closer for the Oakland Athletics. It's just a fact. I'm, I'm all aboard that train. I got a better chance of keeping him healthy this way than I do. Can I, do, you want to know what, do, do you want me to do a Mason Miller start again? Hold your breath. <gasps> Don't look. Cross your fingers. Oh, my God, does he stay healthy? I mean, you, you want to do that for the next couple of years? No, I, I, I like the idea of him being a closer because uh, it's right up the track with A.J. Puck. Now Puck had a down year with the Marlins, but I think he might have found his role. Great example. You got A.J. Puck has a better chance of earning money in this game as a reliever than he does a starter. Fact. Josh Hader was a former starter. Look at him now. He's he's one of the greatest – well, not one of the greatest closers. What yet, the Kraken Miller, the old Indian, Indian? Oh, Andrew Miller. Andrew Miller. I was a Kraken – are you talking about hockey? Oh, he was the Kraken. He came out of the bullpen. It was over. Andrew Miller is another great example. Yep. Starter, couldn't get it done. Um, Dennis Eckersley, I hate when people bring up Eckersley like this because they go, oh, failed start. Dennis Eckersley was a failed starter because of, because of alcohol, because of his problem. When Eck got sober and turned his career around, it's they did it out of the bullpen, but Eck, Eck won a hundred games. Yeah, Eck won a hundred games. For God's sakes, just I mean I could I could go back to our, the great Ray Fossey and talk to Ray Fossey, who we miss still to this day dearly. Name's right there. Yep, the Ray Fossey. I don't know if I could see it, but it's up there on the um, press box. I mean, he threw a no hitter to Ray Fossey, but I mean the guy won a ton of games as a starter. Remember, he wasn't doing Boston Red Sox games because of his closing. <laughs> it's because of what he did for them as a starter. I mean, X should never be brought. X one of the greatest pitchers of all time. He won 100 games. He saved over 300. He's not in that conversation. His problem was with substances. But these other guys who – or Raleigh Fingers. Raleigh Fingers. Yeah. I, I just did fantasy camp. I did the interview with Raleigh Fingers. Raleigh Fingers said I sucked as a starter. 
I mean, some guys are not good at starting. Some guys can't stay healthy starting. But you know what? They can have great careers. They can make all-star games. They can make millions. Hell, some can go to the Hall of Fame. Mason Miller, we got a better chance of having that dynamic arm on the mound more often than not coming out of the bullpen, and he's got a stuff to be the closer, and all he needs is slider fastball. His fastball slider combination is all he needs to go out and get me three outs at the end of the game. And if you don't think that the last three outs mean something, you've never done it before. And I don't care what level you've done it. I know I've only done it in college. I got some saves in my career. Um, But I'm going to tell you, there is something different about the finality of a performance. You can ask any actor, any singer, any athlete, the end of the game, why, why are the biggest deals the end of a concert? It's the most, give most me, pressure Give me pack. an analytics dork down here. <laughs> give me a data nerd down here and tell me why is the end of the movie so important. The middle of the movie is not the most. The middle movie setting up the ending. It's a high leverage situation. The end of the movie is the most important. Why does the band go, thank you, everybody, and they walk off and everybody chants, and then here comes the encore. The ending's the most important. Because they're trying to, what they're doing is they're finishing the story. How you feeling, Niner fans? Are you going to tell me the end of the game's not the most important? Oh, wow. I had to go there, there, huh? Cheap shot. Cheap shot. I wish I could take that back. Can you edit that? I was really rooting for a uh, double overtime Super Bowl game. (laughs) Ah. Are you going to tell me the end of the game is not important? Well, that's not. I. There could be a more height leverage situation in the seventh or the eighth inning because your ass has never been out there in the ninth inning. Because in the ninth inning, let me tell you something, it's way more nerve-wracking than the eighth. It's way more nerve-wracking than the sixth or the seventh, even when you come on. Even when you come into a high leverage situation, nothing's more nerve-wracking than that ninth inning. It's the finality. Because if you screw it up, you either lose or you're now going into extra innings. There is pressure. There is pressure in the ninth inning that there's not. You don't lose the game. You know what? I can, folks, I can come in the seventh inning and I can give it up. Did we lose? You don't know. You don't know. Jesus, take the wheel. Put your (laughs) rally caps on. The team can come back and get those two runs back. You still have, okay, so just humor me here. We're in the seventh inning, home team. I come in out of the bullpen. I've got maybe two inherited runners. I give those two up. We're now down by two. Well, guess what? I've got nine more outs for my offense to get those two runs back. Correct, yes. What about the ninth inning? Yeah. If I give up those two, my offense now only has three outs to get it back. Don't tell me that's what I just I, I respect the data people. The data people are important. All data is important. That's why we have it in business. That's why we have it in sports. But when you just live by it and swear by it, yeah, it's like you've got to have somebody in the ninth inning who has the stones to be able to handle the finality of the game slash performance. This is the entertainment business. That's why the best of the best got to come out in the end. Or what what makes the great quarterbacks the great quarterbacks? Because they blew you out in the first quarter or what they did in the fourth quarter? Fourth quarter or overtime like Patrick Mahomes. There 
Yeah. Oh, well, sorry, is that another cheap shot? Or? So, meh, well, you keep going after it. I did it once. <laughs> but see, the, the thing for me for the Super Bowl was really hard because I don't like either team as a Raider fan. You hope both teams lost. Which wasn't possible. <laughs> and then I could do my really horrible joke that I always say, I was rooting for injuries. But that's really horrible. Wow. That's that, horrible. So you wrote it for Dragon Lot of Terrace Achilles. No, no, no. That was terrible. That was yeah, that uh, was a freak accident. Yeah, there was a no win for me in that Super Bowl. But now all my Niner fans who talk a big game, because you got to remember, when I first arrived to the Bay Area in, what, 91, I kept hearing about how the Niners never lose in the Super Bowl. That's all I used to hear. We've never lost. I don't care how much the Steelers have won. We've never lost in the Super Bowl. Remember that? The Niners were the only team that never lost in the Super Bowl, and they love telling you that. Joe Montana never threw an interception in the Super Bowl. Niners have never lost a Super Bowl. Steve Young never lost Super Bowl. Have they done their last three? There's kids being born now going, the Niners never won a Super Bowl in my lifetime. Wow. Funny how things change. <laughs> Don't hate us, Niner fan. You had a great year. Uh, and you are the favorite to go back. So, hey, everything's going to change next year when Russell Wilson's a stealer. That's what I want to keep saying. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather have Mason Rudolph. <laughs> have fun with that. Um, but, no, I'm excited about Mason Miller. I mean, you're talking about – I mean, 100-plus miles an hour, that wicked slider, let's go. And I do think once he evolves and gets comfortable, he could be an all-star closer. We could have an all-star closer. This group is growing together, right? Now you start looking at the talent. The outside world has no idea. Our inside world, we know. There's talent here. You start looking at Geloff. You start, I mean, you start looking at guys that could be primetime talents. And Mason Miller as a closer could be that guy. I totally see it. I, I'm very high on Where's him. J.P. Sears in his 32 starts? I've been excited to talk to Sears. Uh, he, he was on our list, um, so maybe we'll get him later on or tomorrow morning. All right, so that's going to do it for the show today because we have to wait. The the players' unions here, they're having uh, – They're having some meeting. So here's the deal of spring training. You come here and you just – there's all kinds of – this is the beginning of spring training. It's the best time to come to get all these guys because once game starts, it's a zoo. Um so we just sit around. We got to wait because there's always stuff going on. I believe the players unions here today meeting with the players as they players union will go to every single spring training facility and talk with the players. Um, so we're going to get players later on today. I hope you enjoyed the first day. Cactus League action 2024. Our first show, our first official show of the season. Once again, we'll have you covered throughout the entire season. I hope you enjoyed Kyle Muller. I hope you enjoyed Lucas Urseg. I hope you enjoyed Joey Estes and now Mason Miller. It's been a fun show today. We will be back tomorrow from the field. Ho-Ho Cam Stadium. Day one in the books. We'll see everybody tomorrow right here on A's Cast and A's Cast Live. Hey, Oakland A's fans, join your team this spring in Mesa. With nonstop flights direct from Oakland, there's never been a better time to head to the Southwest. Surrounded by this stunning Sonoran Desert, spring training fans know why Arizona is the perfect spring break escape. Miles of trails, shoreline, and sunshine combine for an unforgettable Arizona adventure. There's simply no shortage of things to do, see, and discover in Mesa. Get your visitor's guide at visitmesa.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.